In the White House, President Eisenhower signs the proclamation that makes Alaska's entry into the Union official, nearly 92 years after Lincoln's Secretary of State bought the territory from the Russian Tsar for $7 million. The Alaska Wild Project podcast is brought to you by the following sponsors. Barney Sports Chalet, supplying hunters with the best hand-selected gear since 1963. The exclusive home of Frontier Gear, built for the rugged Alaskan terrain. Your one-stop shop for all your outdoor needs. Visit Barney's today at 906 West Northern Lights. Big Rays, the Alaskan outfitter, committed to outfitting Alaskans across the state since 1947. Whether you're a recreator, parent, guide, or corporate buyer, Big Rays has the gear you need tailored for Alaska's harsh conditions. Check out their new exclusive line of Aurolic waders. Big Rays for all your outdoor gear and rugged work attire. BigRays.com. Tailored Restoration 24-Hour Emergency Home Services. Helping Alaskans restore their dreams since 1972. Services include fire, water, mold, post-emergency cleaning, repair, and remodeling. Give them a call in Anchorage, Eagle River, Matsu, or Fairbanks. Hit them up at tailoredrestorationalaska.com. Total Truck and Alaska Overlander, Alaska's premier supplier for custom automotive accessories and overlanding products, providing all-inclusive rental vehicles and trailers custom outfitted to explore the Alaskan backcountry with a unique and convenient traveling experience. TheTreehouseAK.com located at 341 Boniface Parkway, Alaska's own and grown cannabis and CBD store. Ask the bud tender what the strain of the day is to get your 10% off. The Treehouse, where the culture lives. AKO Farms, located in Sitka, Alaska, built from the ground up with concentrates as their single motivation, with exclusive products such as their sugar wax, full spectrum diamond sauce cards, and more. Ask your local bud tender about AKO. Marijuana has intoxicating effects and may be habit-forming and addictive. Marijuana impairs concentration, coordination, and judgment. Do not operate a vehicle or machinery under the influence. There are health risks associated with consumption of marijuana. For the use of only by adults 21 and older. Keep out of the reach of children and marijuana should not be used by women who are pregnant or breastfeeding. The Bait Shack. Located on Ship Creek upstream of the bridge. Can't miss the bright red shack. They are the go-to fishing gear rental and guide service on Ship Creek. Tight lines and fish on. Come hook into the action with them. Hit them up at thebaitshackak.com. Lawn Pro AK, Alaska's year-round professional property maintenance team. Services include weekly lawn care, custom landscaping, fertilizing, weed control, turf repair, and more. Schedule your free estimate at lawnproak.com. Alaska's OG Cider Company, Double Shovel, crafting gluten-free colonial-style ciders, founded as a healthier non-inflammatory brew option. Drop by their pop and tap room in Anchorage off of 58th and Arctic or visit the second location in Kodiak. Double Shovel, award-winning ciders. The Alaska chapter of Backcountry Hunters and Anglers. BHA is the voice of our Alaskan public lands, waters, and wildlife. Their goal is to uphold our hunting and fishing legacy while keeping our public lands wild. Stand up today and join BHA at backcountryhunters.org. There you go, bud. Oh, there yeah. You We're go, back. Bud. We nailed it. We're back. Um, oh, that's crazy. Like, yeah. You, so it must have been pretty stank it, on them. It was to heavy, be, yeah. Okay. 
Yeah, and it, it was kind of a known deal, you know. Talk to the foreman. We're like, yeah, this, this ain't going to fly. Right. And he's like, yeah, it's not the first time. Like, All right, cool. Oh, okay. So that's yeah. not like, okay, for that person, that individual. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. But okay. Repeat offender. Yeah. And you just cover your ass. Yeah. People don't realize how much really respond. I mean, everyone knows it's responsibility being, you know, the pilot and the guy in charge, but. And then sometimes there's this odd, it's not a power struggle, but I've noticed it on a couple jobs I've done this summer where you come in as the pilot and yes, you're working for them and their foreman, mm-hmm. but then the foreman is looking at you for decisions on what you can and can't do. Yeah. Um, and then the crew doesn't know who, oh, who, yeah. who to respond to anymore. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm just the taxi driver, guys. Yeah. Yeah, I'm just flying this thing. But then... It, there's like a weird leadership yeah. dynamic that unfolds. And you got to try and step back and be like, yeah, I'm just, you know. So I used to be, depending on the job, I'd, you know, I'd get bored, so I'd go help or something. Yeah. But I had to kind of step back and then, no, I'm just the bus driver. I'm going to, you know, take pictures or set my hammock up, right? That was a cool one. This last job, the last day we were up there. Oh, okay. Yeah, I had my hammock set up on the tower taking a nap i bet the all the guys love that oh they, they, <laughs> like, must be nice to be the pilot uh, yeah. like yeah it must be nice to be the lowest paid guy on the job <laughs> <laughs> oh they're all up there on davis bacon wages and 12 hours oh, sure. oh and, totally oh yeah yeah and i'm like if Killing you guys it. oh if you think for a second i'm making quote pilot money yeah no yeah well, we do okay but it's not yeah. there's a misperception oh huge <laughs> is right? it when in, you know, like in aircraft, you have like those, you know, I guess it would be like uh, uh, commercial or, you know, pack, carrying packages, you know, those type of pilots that are like kind of like on that high echelon. Like, what is it for helicopters? Like, what's the gravy job that helicopter pilots want? Oh, I don't know if there's a gravy job because they all have their downside. Um, and some, like myself, I have no desire to do the quote gravy job. Uh-huh. A lot of people would say EMS is the crazy okay. job once you put your time in you might uh-huh. be able to you know like my old landlord out in you know uh, palmer there at wolf lake uh-huh. she, she walked across the taxiway so she lives in a hangar they got a super cool hangar house out there right mm-hmm. and then her commute is walking across the taxiway well, that's awesome yeah so a lot of people would consider that gravy she yeah. loves it and then she got flight school on the side right yeah mm-hmm. so um couple cubs and other work they do but for me i EMS is not where it's at. It's a cool job. Yeah. They, they also have their own, you know, set of um, parameters and yeah, rules. Or and struggles or the downside, right? Mm-hmm. They fly at night. Mm. Oh, shit. You know, they 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 got they work two weeks a month, you know, they're week on, week off. Yeah. But then one week of their month, they're on a straight night shift. So, mm. you know, you got your tone going off at 2 o'clock in the morning and you got to rub the sleep out of your eyes, check the weather and be like, can I fly NVGs up to wherever you're going yeah and they probably push the weather limit a little more oh than no it. no they no? got they got super strict oh they did yeah okay they they got uh super strict weather minimums how about like the coast guard do they those do, dudes will fly in anything yeah they push those, to the those limit guys are limits heroes. right yeah, yeah you know so um been kind of privy to a little bit of the deadliest catch stuff right so mm-hmm. maritime's flown the camera for that for oh, okay 20 something years how oh, long the shows? Oh, that? I, the, they didn't do it the very first year, but they've done it ever since. When you say fly the camera, they're the ones that are getting the video of the 
boats and stuff. The, in the Coast water, Guard. Yeah. Okay, so they're in the ship with mm-hmm. the Coast Guard. Yeah. Well, they're not flying in the same ship. Oh, okay. No, they're just they're doing that. They pick their weather windows. Cinemato- yeah. Yeah. Cinematography stuff. But they're still okay. a ways offshore, you know. Right. Sure. No. Okay. Yeah. We think yeah. as the viewer. Uh-huh. They, I've they, actually they, never I, seen the show, so yeah, they uh, I've just seen they like bits really and pieces here and there. Yeah, yeah. I've never watched the whole episode. Right. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. How many How many years can you watch someone fishing for crab? Right. Uh, yeah. Uh, I mean, it was a big deal, though. People loved it. I mean, oh I, yeah. I still watch it sometimes. Yeah. I mean, I only started a couple years ago. Right. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. So you're. I mean, because you see movies and shit, but then you hear on the news about. Uh, Coast Guard rescues, and you see videos and shit, and it's like that looks like life threatening shit. Yeah, those dudes are legit, but they're also flying, you know, twenty million dollar helicopters with heated blades and two pilots mm. and a crew chief and every bell. Yeah, the equipment's just different, think right? right. Mm-hmm. You know, and I'm out there and not that, so I don't yeah. fly in that. <laughs> yeah, yeah if, no. <laughs> if you could, if you could have any uh, helicopter pilot job, what what would it be? Oof. What's like your your personal dream job? So I'm kind of going to do it next month. That's, okay. That's part oh, of no shit. Yeah, that's part of the reason I'm uh I'm going back down south that and Yeah, cuz that's not what you dropping want to heli do. skiers or a what gal, are you doing? Right. That's she's that's a pretty good reason to go. Oh, down yeah. South. oh yeah, yeah, no. Women definitely. make yep. everything go around. Yeah, so. exactly. <laughs> so yeah, going back down there, she's going to finish school for a year, but Okay. Um, yeah, so I took a job um, doing power line construction. Okay. So, oh. um, probably seen videos on Instagram, um, or wherever of, you know, they got the linemen standing on a skid working on the tower. Yeah. Yeah. Sl- yeah. Slinging people. It's called HEC. So human oh. external cargo. So you okay. actually, you got an external load that can grab onto shit. Oh man. Oh, okay. Uh, you put them on the tower on ladders and they work or you do mid span work where someone's standing there. They're working on live wires. So you've got that, they've got that rod and they ground themselves as uh-huh. you come in. I, I don't really know how it all works yet. Yeah. You know, I just got the, the job. So is the equipment you're flying different than anything you've ever flown? Different aircraft. Yeah. So they're using uh, MD 500s and 530s, which. Uh, Temsco's got a couple. Saloy's got a couple. One left up here, I think. So you probably see one. They look like an egg. Oh yeah, I know yeah. exactly. And they sound about, yeah. super angry. It's like a. It, oh, it's it's like a military. Yeah. Um, it reminds me of like James Bond. Like I feel like these are ones that drop like black Black Hawk down dudes. And yeah. I'm not talking about the big Black Hawk helicopter. I'm talking about these are the ones where. They drop like four dudes down. Like, yeah, you know what I mean. Tight. So you're gonna fly one of these? Yep. Man, that's okay. cool. And what is your current one? I'm flying a. So I'm in multiple aircraft right now. I'm flying a Bell 407, and, oh. uh, which we got pictures that I sent you. Yeah. And then a Bell 206. I think yeah. I sent okay. You both of those. Okay, so that's this is gonna be your routine. Um, occupant. Running folks, surveyors. Uh, there's companies in California using these for line work. Okay. Um, just not. Is that like a passenger? Is this the float things you're talking yeah, about? Yeah, so those are floats. Yeah, we were talking okay. about those earlier. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And then, so how do those floats work? Uh, so you gotta you can arm them from uh-huh. inside the aircraft. Um, oh. Kind of like the the life jackets, like uh, where they like feel a pressure. No, so well, I think. Uh, 
I don't fly the 412, but the pilot that does, a friend of mine, he's he said those are supposed to activate automatically. Uh-huh. You know, like a 407 or a 206 or there's a lot of 44s running around Alaska too. You've got, um, you arm it uh-huh. on your collective and hit a button. Okay. And they just inflow it in a couple of seconds. There's there's usually nitrogen bottles. I'm and then, to find a, and then a photo where you have some floats uh, on. I got some there on the oil rig. That's on a 206. Down, uh, on, the, down on the right. Right. That's on here? the Osprey. Yeah, that's on the Osprey out in the inlet. Oh, there they are. So, okay. So yeah. will the helicopter stay balanced in the water don't, with those? Don't mind the duct tape. <laughs> that's that's FAA. <laughs> will it stay it? stay balanced no, in the water? No. So that's part of the thing, especially a two hundred six. The four hundred seven is a little better, but they uh, they're top heavy. Uh huh. So you're gonna hit, and you're gonna be able to get out, and then a wave's gonna hit it. And you're gonna roll over. Okay. Oh. Hopefully. You get so you got out. seconds, kind of okay. thing. Okay. I hope to never find out. But yeah. You know, yeah. Yeah. They kind of float upside yeah. down, I guess. Okay. Okay. I've never seen it. Get out of the chopper, the whole thing. Well, that's the idea. Yeah. I had an uncle that went down in a helicopter in Valdez back in like ninety, early nineties. In the water. Nineties, yeah. Yeah, the uh, you go out of Valdez, you go to go across the bay. You take that road around. There's mm-hmm. a river. Is that the? Um, oh man, my cousin Phil would kick me in my ass for Up not towards knowing. like the Valdez Glacier. Yeah, like you go around the bay to go to like if you live in oh. Valdez and you drive around every day, you go to the the terminal to go to work. Oh yeah, there's the uh, um, the source of the Nar. The Rogue River, um, Robe, Robe River. Yeah, that's right. Did it blow out? I think it blew out. Oh, and then you couldn't drive across the bay to go to work. Mm. So there was folks like my uncle who were um, techs that had to get over there to do their 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 works. They were at the terminal. At the terminal, so yeah. they were flying guys mm-hmm. from Valdez over for their shift, which is like I think it's no more than a two minute three-minute flight 90 seconds probably yeah. yeah to just boom bam and mm-hmm. and land and uh a chopper went down and uh i know that i remember him talking about floats so in my mind i thought it was like floats floats like on a plane but i think floats. now in hindsight i'm wondering if it was something similar to this because the when they had to get out of the chopper they had to get out of the chopper before it rolled upside down yeah and then they were just holding on to it and then boats grabbed them, and and they were them, all out. Okay. pulled them to safety. Yeah, everybody got oh, out of there. Man. Yeah, it was just a, a a slow like it mechanical failure. They weren't flying high up to begin with. They weren't flying fast to begin with. They were just cruising over, mm-hmm. and it was like, oh shit! Boom, boom, boom! Rolled over. Boats got there within like five minutes. Mm. They already had boats in the water. Yeah, in the beginning, and so because I think they were running folks crossing boats too. But there were higher level folks that had to be flown over for time sensitive shit. Right. So, um, but when you start talking about how it works, that got me thinking about that mm. story. Yeah. Like, so oh, shit. Once right. it rolls, will it continue continue to have buoyancy or? Yeah, that's the idea. That okay. The, the floats will stay up. Yeah. So then everyone just hangs on to those. I think yeah. the idea is you either it stays upright or you get your life raft out or. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Are these equipped? We don't find out, right? Yeah. Yeah, of course. Are these equipped with the style of raft that's, say, like on a charter boat that's in that, um, 
there's like a container on the top of a, a say like a, a 40 foot charter boat out of Seward. It's got that container on top mm-hmm. that has a life raft in it. No, it's nothing like that. Okay. Um, I've never actually seen it inflated. Okay. There's a bag that says raft with a little kind of like your inflatable life vest that says pull tab. Oh, so okay. <laughs> that's all I've ever seen is a Bare yellow minimums. bag with a pull tab. Yeah. Mm. Gotcha. I, 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 yeah. Okay. Nothing real too fancy. No. All right. So uh, just get caught up. We're with Forrest Crouppen. All right. Uh, episode 133. Uh, so let's – in. so we talked earlier, you know, we met, talked to you about Wallace Water Project. You're like, dude, I'm a helicopter pilot. I'm going on this epic run. Mm-hmm. I'm working the Ambler, run pro- Ambler Road Project. Uh, I thought, well, shit, you got to come back after your experience and yeah. come talk about it on the podcast. Uh, we stayed in touch all summer, all right? Uh, we recapped your insane uh, voyage to get back to Anchorage yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to actually make it into the studio uh-huh. tonight earlier. And uh, let, let's talk about, I know that your your work up there was for a limited time, and we'll, we'll get back to that later. Um, tell us a little bit about that. And before we get into that, let me back up a little bit on the Ambler Road situation. Uh, Backcountry Hunters and Anglers is a, a uh, huge supporter of us, a sponsor. We've had representatives, uh, even folks not necessarily with BHA, but are supporters of BHA as they are uh, anti-Ambler Road. Yeah. And so when when and I say that confidently because I'm not necessarily stating that that's my belief. I'm saying that there are folks that are pro-Ambler, anti-Ambler, mining the whole thing. So when I met you, I found it interesting is you're a neutral person going into this project. Yeah. When I asked you about it, I'm thinking, you know everything about Ambler's politics. You're like, I don't fucking know. I didn't even know what the project was. You didn't know shit about it. And I'm like, oh, perfect. You have zero bias with this whole fucking thing. So I said, hey, document the fuck out of this. Keep me posted. Come back and tell us all about it. So... I don't want to get into the politics about it. Yeah. I don't know how much you actually even know. A little bit, and I, you know, I should probably say, you know, if 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 I sound opinionated, it has absolutely nothing to do with the company I work for, or the company we're subcontracted to. You know, the it's co- about the, the experience. Cover your ass, it's you about know, the experience, right? Deal there. Yeah, yeah. It's Thank just you what for I've that. Dealt with. So, so my, I, I just found it interesting because you were going to be a sub, yep, a contractor, mm-hmm. working essentially to transport surveyors for the most part so we transported all sorts of people um, okay and it they kind of had it set up in phases so so before you go into that real yeah. quick i have how'd you even get this job like, how did this even happen to begin with so it was just a contract that my company had okay and they were okay. like hey what do you want to do this summer i'm like well do i get a choice they're like no not really i'm like okay <laughs> <laughs> they, they were trying to get me to go on the icebreaker contract, which they support a Korean icebreaker with two helicopters. And I wanted absolutely nothing to do with that. It's ironic that I work for right now. I should say, um, I better give my notice before this comes out. Um, <laughs> you have time. I have time. Yeah. Um, <laughs> like tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, exactly. The, the name of the company literally says they work on boats and water. I hate, right. bo- I hate boats and water. 
Okay. So they, <laughs> they said, we're going to put you on a boat for three and a half weeks with Koreans and no one speaks English. Um, no, thank you. Can I, can yeah. I get a different uh, yeah. job or is there another option? You are into that one. Door number two was they're like, well, we've got this Ambler Road project. I'm like, well, that sounds kind of neat. What are we doing? Well, you're flying a 407 all summer. I'm like, okay. It's, yeah. it's a little bigger, nicer helicopter than a 206, right? And mm-hmm. like, okay. That sounds cool. Oh, you're going to be slinging all this gear and doing all this stuff. I'm like, well, that sounds cool. Yeah. Long line stuff. That's my, you know, ideal job. Cause Long lining means what? So you're picking stuff up and putting it down. That's the really yeah. simple Oh, long job. lining, like uh, you have something that's yep. dropping down, grabbing shit, lifting it, flying it. Yeah, you got a remote hook. So okay. some, someone physically okay. has to, and I mean, I sent you videos of doing it. Yeah, 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 yeah. You. Yeah. Um, Let me pull those up, actually. Yeah, there's a good, I got a couple good ones where yeah, I look like back. I know what I'm doing. Um, there's that one. Of the, oh, yeah, or that's the a good one. Second one. That's what helped that guy I'm bringing the hook to is wearing the. A GoPro. And where's this at? Oh, sick. This is on the project I just came off Oh, of. that came in okay. fast. This is down in Yakutat? Uh-huh. We're using head signals. He's not a bobblehead. Okay. Yeah. Yes to heaven, no to hell. So oh, 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 oh. You're watching his head. I'm watching not his, his hands. So he's got a bright um, green hard hat on with a, oh, okay. um, elect- a red electrical tape plus on it. So mm. I can see it. And here we're just, this is a generator that's going up to the site. So we're kind of getting the slack out of what the What does that weigh? Deception, it says. Yeah, that's the name of the site that I was going That's yeah. the Deception uh, They were hills. about 1,400 pounds. What's so. the payload? Uh, if you're low on fuel, you could pick about 2,000 pounds with 407, but we were going a ways, so we were kind of at max gross here. Okay. Wow. So that's long lining, you know. That's, yeah. Okay. Okay. Oh, man, you, you got right up and went. Oh, we try. That's another one. This is a different angle, a different load, just a bag of something. Bring the hook down to him, and he grabs it, hooks it up, and you go. Is there a verbal communication between? They've got radios. Um, okay. But the really fun part, and this is what you got to try and brief with your crew. The delay. No, there's no delay. So um, loud. I'm only 100 to 150 feet above their head in a running helicopter. Yeah. And they, they always grab the radio and try and talk. I'm like, dude, I can't hear shit. Yeah. It, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm like. Bro, just and you're so fucking focused on what's going on down yeah, there. Yeah, so I mean, I've yeah. got. I mean, How do you see straight down? It's it's a skill. It takes a while. You kind of just out. put your eye right on the edge. No, so in this one, where I took the door off. I think oh, okay. A oh, you had, you, you could see my head. Your head. Yeah, you could see my little oh, head on, yeah. the, on the right side there. Yeah, that's my, oh, that's your head that's, sticking. That's out. my head sticking out. Yeah, right. Oh, you're you're looking yeah. down. Oh yeah, you're looking straight down. Well, oh, or, that's cool. you know, and you have a seatbelt so. on, of course. Oh, yeah, I got a seatbelt on. Yeah, that's my head. Right there. Yep, that's yeah, that's right cool. there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think it's close. <laughs> oh, that's awesome, man. All right, so you're long lining. Yep. So they told me that I should do all this on that job. I'm like, oh, that sounds cool. Yeah, I'll go do that. Like, it's a 100-day contract. I'm like, excuse me? 100 days? And they're like, yeah. I'm like, okay, so what's the rotation out of there? Um. Not really. I'm not really sure you're going to have one. The one guy that's up there went with me day one, and he's still there. Okay. And the other guy, the other guy replaced me, and we'll get into why I was replaced. Mm. Oh, there we go. I can hear myself again. (laughs) Um. So we we show up, and it we did. We first got there, and they had to send all our sling gear back. It was a little bit of a cluster as far as some of the logistics, but. 
you know, they were running in their defense. They had five helicopters they were man- managing from two different companies, and it was pretty chaotic. It was chaotic on two different ends. So we staged out of the Coldfoot uh, mm-hmm. camp, and then the other side we were staging out of Bornite Mine, which is Ambler Metals. Okay, which is over near what Cotsonview. Pretty no, close. it's not that far. It's over by the village of Ambler. It's uh, I guess from that side you're closer to Cots than you okay. are to yeah from the highway. Yeah. Okay. Um. But so you're doing. You're actually closer to. There's another village over there. I should, there's a lot of villages. I'd lose track. But anyway, um. So we get in there, and the like the first portion, the first ten days, we were moving soccer's. So they're going in. Some. One at a desk has yeah. decided that they wanted um, LZs at certain places for different, just for lack of better, ologists, mm-hmm. any form of ologist, or just um, many of all engineers. Or, mm-hmm. But before you could cut those sites, and this is when you get into the political nightmare, you had to take whatever the name for a birdologist is. Uh-huh. It's not birdologist. They got a fancy name. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right. They Some bird of biologist. Bird yeah, bird watcher. <laughs> and I kid you not, they go out there. So you got to land them close, but not in the LZ they want, and they got to be able to walk to it. So you got to find a cool spot to land, and they go walk, and they walk around with. I, they keep. They say this with a straight face. They have their tickle stick, and they walk around looking for nests and birds. Okay. And tickling bushes. Yeah. And you sit there while they do this. Yeah, and sure. And after that, you have three days for them to cut the site. And they're cutting, I think they're a 90-foot diameter from the center. Uh-huh. So you, then you bring the soccer's in, and you put them in the insertion zone. And then after they cut the site, you got to go test the site. And if it's not good enough, you fly away, and you tell them to fix it, or you land, and you pick them up, and you go to the next one. Uh-huh. So that was neat. And then after that, they fly in and like hydrologists, and hydrologists and engineers, and, engineers and um, mm-hmm. I did a couple some work with the engineers, um, but then I did some. I got really lucky, and I got paired with a couple of dudes that were so they were going to shoot the whole site with lidar. So, oh man, that's cool! Yeah, both from both ends, and they were using a fixed wing aircraft to do that. So the one guy he would fly these crews out, and they'd set up their um, control points. But then I got paired with the guys who were mapping the river itself. Okay. So they were dragging the sonar that was mapping the bottom of the river. Okay. So they were surveyors okay. mapping the river. But they were two super cool younger dudes. So we were goofing off with an inflatable boat most of the time. Oh, nice. Okay, nice. And then they were like, oh, screw putting the boat. I, you know, we put the boat in the helicopter one day, and they're like, this is a pain in the ass. We're going to start slinging it. I think they just kind of wanted to sling stuff. Because it's right. cool. Yeah. And someone else was paying for it, but I didn't care. I just wanted to sling stuff too, right? Right. So uh, we slung their boat around a little bit and had some fun. And Yeah. So, so they cool. they ran this uh, whatever device. What, what kind of device it, was it? It kind of looks like, have you ever seen those, um, the hoses for like a pool cleaner where it's got these little balls no, uh-huh. no one has a pool at all, yeah so. yeah yeah <laughs> you know what i'm, I'm talking about yeah right um so it's like it looks like a hose with a bunch of um burst it's about to burst in a bunch of spots and then there's this some sort of sonar technology uh-huh. there that bounces and and they're running it just down the bottom of the river channel they're holding it behind them in a boat and they've uh-huh. got you know a 25 horse honda yeah. motor on there and they're just going back and forth trying to hold it in the right spot Oh wow! 
and mm. it's measuring something and they've got satellites and then it collects the data. Yeah. Well, then they have to leave their GPS for four hours to collect these points. Oh, wow. So you have to hang out for four you hours. Sit there and wait. Yeah. So you mm-hmm. bring a fly rod. Yeah. Which Hell we yeah. weren't supposed to be fishing. But no one was really going to yeah. come out there. Yeah. Unless I brought them, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so I was practicing cla- casting because yeah. I yeah. have never caught a fish on a fly rod. <laughs> I caught myself. I caught my chest holster. Um, yeah, I, I caught the You got part, some good photos, dude. You got like. Uh, I had a photo of you with your fly rod. fly rod. Oh, and yeah. I, oh, and that was my when I read dirty mustache. Is that on that trip right there? Yeah. I was oh, like, okay. what am I? <laughs> well, when uh, you sent that to me earlier, I'm like, oh, man, you're fucking catching fish. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no. I, I practiced casting. You've had a haircut since then. Yeah. Yikes. I was looking homeless. Yikes, there. dude. It was it was a little gnarly. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's the Ambler Road Project, too, in a buck suit. Uh, oh, right the, here? That's the hoodie that got me in trouble. Yeah, we'll talk about that in a minute. Yeah, I have that hoodie too. <laughs> the bugs yeah. were gnarly, oh, though. The huh? Bugs were so gnarly. State bird of Alaska. Wow, look at that the landing area, dude. Oh yeah, you hang your tail so you don't hit anything, and no one can walk into it. Oh, yeah, is that what yeah. that is? Yeah. So I'm I'm hanging my tail over the creek. Yeah. Yeah. Is that Ambler? Uh, yeah, that was uh, a portion of the Ambler project. What so, river is that? Oh God, I landed on so many rivers. Uh-huh. So the Ambler River itself. Is that is it Ambler River? Is there an Ambler? What was the river? I think we. I think I landed on the edge of like seven or eight different rivers in that. Okay, and you didn't keep track. Um, I mean, I could try and find it based on looking at a map, but no, 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 don't worry about it. I know the photo where I was flying sideways was, or not sideways, but I was kind of having fun so they could take a picture. Uh, That one there. This one here. That was on the reed. Damn, it's beautiful. Oh yeah, that was a that was an awesome day. Oh man. Were they doing that surveying thing with the boat hill? That one, yeah. Okay. And I, I had to go move some other people, and they're like, it was a flyby so we could take pictures, and they snapped that photo, and I was like, oh, that's a good one. Man, that's it's really cool Yeah, shot. that's a good one. Yeah. Damn. And this has got to be mid-summer-ish. June, July-ish? Uh, that would have been, yeah, June. Yeah, everything's nice and green. That's way sunnier than we had. It was nice up there, huh? Yeah, that was kind of a nice part of being up north. Besides the bugs, it was warm. It was just Urgh. nice in general. Because it was shitty down here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The bugs were bad? Oh, yeah. Wicked. Like cloud bad? Uh, I think I sent you a video at some point of oh, the electric bug swatter. Oh, with the whack in the fucking bugs? We had the electric bug swatter. In the helicopter. Yeah, because they're obnoxious when you're trying to fly. So you got to be careful you don't hit the windows because they scratch. But, yeah, we'd get we'd all hurry up and get in the helicopter, and then I'd give my passenger the bug swatter. The yeah. Bug swatter. Oh, they had a job. Like, yeah, get like, them all. Kill them all. Before yeah. we go. Like, fuck these things. <laughs> and it sounded like. Oh, it was like. <laughs> oh, yeah, it sounded like nah, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it smelled real good. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Bug, bug uh, BQ. Yeah. yeah. That was a funny video. We got to find that. Um, Yeah, because our. Uh, Emily, you know, Emily, um, we've never met as a Instagram, Instagram. Th- yeah. So she went up and got a grizzly, uh, earlier back in, I think June or, or something like that. Kind of toward the tail end of the season. And she has this horrendous video with that hide on the back. 
Mm-hmm. And she's got a head net on, and it's yeah. fucking. When you can see bugs in the camera, oh well, man, we had that, you yeah. know it's bad. And and the videos you sent me, actually, I'll go back and find one. And it's um, bug thirty. Yeah, it was gnarly. Yeah, I'll I'll let me see if I can find one. That original I'll, I'll bug jacket's where it's at. Like the head net's not enough. Have, do you have one of those bug jackets? I've never even heard of it. Oh, mm-hmm. you got to get one. It'll it's a game changer. What is it? What? Um, well, I'm wearing it in that one picture, that green jacket. Um, they've got like this lightweight material uh-huh. um, that's actually, they can't bite through it like right. anything else. And then you've got mesh down the sides for vents, and then your the hood on top zips. Is that this green one right here? Yeah. That's a, bu- this one right here? Oh, yeah, it's a game changer. And then it zips that, up like that's a. That's a bug jacket. Like bug a, jacket, the original bug jacket it's called. Uh, oh, man. Not to just give yeah, away free Let's Google that, man. Yeah, what the they, fuck? They can tell you the store that sells them in town. But I never even knew that was oh, a yeah. thing. And then it's got like elastic on your waist. You could tighten it up, and oh, then so your they can't cuffs. get up in there. Oh yeah, they're legit. Oh shit, I That's have that. Nice. They put a that. net to shame. Then the hood's big enough. You wear a hat under it, so the bill keeps it out of your face. You know. I have the whacker video. I just, I just there it is right there. Yeah, I wish there was sound. Uh, I can actually give me a second. I can. You gonna Bluetooth it? Yeah, I can right, Bluetooth to the road. Stuff. You gotta kind of hear it. Yeah, give it a second. Now we're connected, I think. All right. Uh, can you turn that up? The next one. Oh, I got the Bluetooth one up. Yeah. Um, give me a second here. Yeah. <laughs> it's not wanting to play, but here. Is the sound up on yours? Yeah, it is. But you're whacking, like, this yeah. is what you guys, is this your, okay, you're a pilot on the right side? Yeah. yeah That's so your guy? This helicopter you fly on the right side, so that was. Oh, was that, does it change? Uh, d- yeah, the 530, um, you fly from the left. Um, oh, you, you have fly to. From left. Damn. So you so, get good at both sides, huh? Yeah, no shit. Like, how does that? It's just a different, um, I guess, sight picture. But. But the oh, the flight controls are the same, so none of that changes. Nothing reverses or no. doesn't. It? Oh, okay, uh-huh. okay, okay. Unless okay. you fly an A star, and then they spin the wrong way, because oh. you know Eurocopters, mm. the French do things weird. I think they're French. So it goes counterclockwise. Uh, yeah. So ours spin counterclockwise. Okay. They spin clockwise. All right. Why? Because they wanted to be difficult. <sighs> Sounds about right. <laughs> It's like working on but European they're all rigs. over Alaska, you know. Oh, really? Oh, A stars. That's like everyone wants those. Why do they want them? Uh, they got some performance benefits, and they got a flat floor, um, mm. getting stuff in and out, mm. and heli ski, and they're they're very capable at altitude. They're I touch it mostly because you know my buddies fly them and I don't. Oh, okay. They're preferred. It's though. like a Ford and a Dodge. Make that argument, right? Mm. Mm. Okay. Yeah. That's fair. That's fair. You know, at the end of the day, neither of them are, you know, a Toyota. <laughs> a purple Toyota? That's right, dude. Hey, I'm with hey, you on that one. purple's where it's at, man. What is the official color of your truck? I actually, uh, you have I, had the the, I had the paint code. I have to go back and look. It I don't think it's blue. nothing purple. It's black purple. It's, it's, it's blue, but. 
It's black voodoo magic, though, man. It changes. We call it the purple. Yeah. We call it's it like the purple Tacoma when one. I was in the shop. Everyone calls it the purple Tacoma. Yeah. Yeah. It's a manly shade of purple, though. That's a pretty cool purple, yeah. That's beautiful. It's red. It's a good-looking truck, man. Then you give it to Craig, and it just changes. It goes full overland. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> He's an enabler. Did you do an eye camper on yours? Oh, yeah. That's the one, huh? Uh-huh. Yeah. That's where it's at. Why'd you pick that one? Uh... I got talked into it. I mean, what, what, what did you, you know, right? Or had you done your research? I did, some, I did some research, and okay. a lot of it came down to, um, you know, they did a lot of testing with multiple different ones, and then they used them in their rental fleet, right? Oh, yeah. But then when he started talking about the fuel mileage savings of that hard top, with the, it's kind of got a teardrop right. shape to it. Yeah, for the aerodynamics. Aerodynamics, because I, had a, I have a cap on my truck, so I wasn't able, and when I bought my cap, I didn't no better so i didn't buy a reinforced cap oh, so okay my, my uh, tent wound up on top of the cab oh right mm-hmm. okay so it was a weight consideration yeah um, an aerodynamic situation and trying to get half decent mileage out of it yeah yeah you know i didn't even think about that how much does the mileage change a lot you know i think i've gotten if you drive nice you can get 16 17 on the highway okay but as soon as you put your foot in it with your mountain bikes, you know, hanging yeah. off the back and tent and yeah. water. You know, I got oh, yeah. Full load of shit. Oh, yeah. yeah. You're 12 miles a gallon, probably. You know, you've got to have every gadget. You're not yeah. Gonna, you're no, gonna, of you've course, You've got to have your dude. fridge for your cold beer. Yeah. yeah. You need right. a shower curtain. Oh, you got to. still install coming. on your shit. Yeah, I yeah. Got Exactly. Yeah. There's another the gallon. No, there's another gallon per hour. You're fucked, dude. Yeah. You're going to be down in. I don't care. You're going to be down at 10 miles a. You mean going backwards. 10 miles per gallon? Yeah. Yeah. That okay. It's hold on. Miles per gallon. Miles per gallon versus Smile. gallons per hour. If your bad. wife comes in and you're like, she finds out you could have a heated shower on your roof with a shower curtain. That's pretty nice. And she says she wants it. You're gonna put a shower in your truck too. Yeah, man. You can do all that, can't you? Uh huh. You gotta be careful. <laughs> I, that's what I wondered too about doing the shift from a full size SUV with a V8. Yeah. To that Forerunner. I was talking shit about the entitled Toyota guy, and yeah. I'm like, yeah, I might sell, kind of sell the Tahoe and get a Forerunner guy. I'm like, and or that new Sequoia. Well, that's what I really want. Is full, but they're, they're so big, dude. They're, they're fucking so crazy big. expensive. And they're way. Have you driven one? They're way too big, man. I mean, I'm fine with the big car thing. Yeah, exactly. I'm good with the big car. I mean, it feels bigger than when I'm driving my Tundra around. I got three fucking kids, dude. Yeah. All right. Loaded up. You can put two eye campers on there, though, you know, like the divorce (laughs) rental. Have you seen the divorce rental they got? What? What's that? The divorce rental? (laughs) That's what I call it. I don't think that's what they call it. I think it's more like two buddies oh, want to two buddies want to rent one truck and camp together, right? But I keep calling it the divorce truck because they got two minis on there. They got a mini on the cab and a mini on uh-huh. the so, two two separate tents. Two separate tents, yeah. So you got the kids in one tent. Have some privacy, wife. man. Oh, okay, so it's okay. Or a buddy in Get one and you're in the other. You yeah. don't want to sleep with your buddy. That's you know weird. I Is mean, it? You got to do it. I weird. mean, depends on how good buddies you are. Yeah, I don't know. I've, I don't think I've ever gone camping and my buddy stayed in a different tent. But that's but just three me. dudes on a snow machine, I mean. Yeah. Oh, that's, oh, that's nuts to buds, yeah. boys. <laughs> yeah, it is. We are really good friends since yeah. that trip. Yeah. I mean, not because it got weird, just because... Well, it know, got weird well, and we just Andy weren't went sure it. exactly how it was going to end. Yeah. So yeah. maybe we're the last people we're going to see. <laughs> Didn't want to be cold. <laughs> not at all. 
Uh, You're going to burn down a cabin either way. So you're long lining. Yep. All right. Um, Just a little bit. Yeah. So Ambler Road was a month long job that was supposed to be a hundred and it's supposed, it supposed days. to be a hundred days total. So that's hold on a second. Uh, that's a month and a week and some change. Three months and a week. And I'm sorry. Change. Three months and a week and no. some change. So you're like a third the way through this. Yeah. And what happened? So got a little bored. You're, you're where, when, and why? Um. So I got bored, mm-hmm. which young men often do. Yeah. Um. And we weren't really trying to cause trouble, but one of the local operators up there that they had airplanes up there. I can't remember the name of the company anyway. They had these probably for the better. Yeah, probably. They had these hoodies that were no road to Ambler, with a picture of a moose that said yeah. protect our food, and we just thought it was funny. Yeah. So they gave us one when they found out. Like, well, you could have one of these hoodies if you wear it on the project. I'm like, okay. Give us a sticker too. <laughs> and I'm thinking I'm gonna wear this. And you sent me a picture of the sticker on your water bottle. Yeah, it's on my water when bottle. When you sent me that, I'm like, oh, okay. Like you're okay. Like uh, it's not it. it's not frowned upon or whatever. Uh, it's well, it, poor in, life in, choice. Yeah, in the in the time when you sent it, I'm like, oh, so it's loose up there. Like it's it's not. So you'd be everyone on the project working on the project has their own opinions on it. But okay, we were all just kind of bored. And because is there a lot of downtime? You got a lot of downtime. You got weather days. Mm-hmm, yeah. Um, there's a lot of opinions on the project. A lot of conversations. What, conversations. What What are like the general, not from you, but just like the guys talking? What's the opinions. vibe? Yeah, what's the, the vibe, vibe on it? What's, what's, what's Most that? of the people I flew, whether they were engineers, biologists, geologists, hydrologists, whatever they were. Somethingologists. Ologists in general. Um, or the ists. <laughs> that's another name for them. The what? The ists. Yeah, the ists. <laughs> they love right. it when you do that. They're like, hey, we've got new ists. They're like, God, God damn, damn it, man. What kind of ist? Yeah, just another ist. <laughs> He's got a fucking really expensive degree. That's they, for sure. They do. Some of the geologists are some of the better ones. That's a whole other story of what we were doing. I love geologists, man. Yeah, they, okay. were cool. they had me collecting rocks by the end of this one. Oh, fuck yeah, oh, dude. Oh, cool shit. shit. They sucked you in? Oh, yeah. 100% <laughs> my favorite people to go in the mountains with. No, they start talking about regardless of personality is geologists. <laughs> let's go. Yeah. Let's go back to that because I want to know that. I want to dive into that part Folding a little rocks. bit. Just like uh, ists in general. Ists. Okay, but you're bored. A yeah. lot of ists in and out. Uh huh. Conversation. Jack asked, "What was the vibe? Like, what is the general consensus?" Most people are up there to do a job to get their paycheck. And they don't care. But most of them, no, most people don't want it. And there's a lot of people who oh, have opinions okay. involving where the funding's coming from and that it's going to be a private road. Yeah, road, the private road But part. then it's going to be public someday. And they're like, well, Maybe. that's how the hall road was, but it's not. And then yeah. they're like, well, it's kind of one of the, when you're out there, it's like one of the last untouched places I've ever been. I right? mean, you've ever been, but yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of untouched places in Alaska. Yeah true but i haven't I, ever worked i haven't done much out west yeah but i agree i agree about about it being untouched so that's the general vibe so they give us this hoodie and we're like i'm like all right i'll wear it like <laughs> i don't care i'm gonna get some laughs right yeah yeah all my boys <laughs> yeah <laughs> the, the fire my mechanic may have fed into that a little bit because he was bored uh, okay. so you're the only one rolling one of these 
Yeah, everyone else is chicken. Yeah. And I kind of tend to be a bit of a prankster in general. Uh I'm going to do my job, but I'm going to have some some fun. fun Uh, Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. If I'm not giving you a hard time, that's a problem. So. Were you getting looks from the first second you put it on? Yeah. The people at the camp loved it. You know, people running Coldfoot Camp, they Uh thought it was the greatest thing ever. Um, and you know they're giving me like extra food and better you know lunches and stuff because they saw this hoodie they thought it was great um but management on the project didn't think it was so hot yeah on the first like drop kind of thing they just kind of shook their head and laughed and i I mean mind you i'm fully expecting that i'm gonna wear this hoodie and they're gonna ask you they're gonna get a laugh and i'm gonna wear it for a day at the end of the day they're gonna pull me aside and be like hey man like don't wear it again don't wear it again yeah i'm totally expecting that yeah yeah um in this particular day we wound up for whatever reason i had to go to the other side of the job on uh the bornite mine side Uh and these dudes didn't think it was as funny Uh at all like they legitimately like the email they sent my boss was this guy's a political liability and he's trying to get information from the inside. I'm like, dude, I don't even know what you're doing. <laughs> I don't even care. Oh no. Oh, it was bad. Yeah. And so, who, who were these people? The, the, like, what were they doing? I think it there? Was, they were the, the guys running the mine. Yeah. Okay. The it was the mine side. It wasn't yeah. like the rest of the time you run in contractors or mm-hmm. it sounded like maybe like scientists for like environmental impact study kind of stuff. Yeah. Like those people aren't people working directly for the mine. No. Yeah. And so this is subcontracted. Right. Mine site. Right. But most of them, they thought it was, they just thought it was funny. Yeah. Yeah. "Eh, I don't have the balls. They're not vested into it. No. And there, there may have been a small part of me who wanted to go to a different project. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Like I don't want a hundred days. A hundred days. Cause I started telling them after like like two weeks. Day 33, you're kind of over it. Oh yeah. I was bored. (laughs) You know, you're eating the same food, sleeping in the, it's it's boring. I didn't come to Alaska to spend one summer in one valley. Yeah. You know, um, (laughs) I didn't, I didn't expect it to get to this. To escalate. Yeah. It it escalated. So I get back into cold foot where you got cell service now and I land, I shut down and I go to send my text that, you know, I'm down and clear for the day. I'd landed. We're done flying. And I've got this email from our director of operations that says, call me. That's it. Two words. I'm like, oh, that's shit. a director oh. statement. Oh, yeah. well, I get, oh, yeah. I get those texts all the time from uh, a director I know. Yeah. <laughs> that's what it says. Call it's me. Like, yeah, there's something <laughs> happening. You need to just call me right now. Exactly. Two words. Call yeah. me. I'm like, uh oh, because this guy's already a man of few words. He's an awesome, awesome dude, but very few words. You'll go up for like a brief on a job, and it's like 35 seconds long. And it's like, got any questions? Ask Dennis. Okay. Uh, all right. I got a whole list of them. So then you go get your actual brief from someone else. Right? So anyway, I call him and he's like, "Well, good news is bad news." I'm like, "Well, hit me with it." He's like, "We're taking you off this project because you've been asked to move." As far as I'm concerned, sometimes people don't get along. So this is our plan. We're swapping you out with a different pilot, and you're going to go do this. And I'm going to send you his schedule, and we're just swapping you out. Okay. And I get his schedule. I'm like, why couldn't I have this schedule to begin with? <laughs> and he was like, I don't like you at all. And then, <laughs> is this the same guy who's still there? Oh, yeah. Raphael's still up there. But he was stoked on it. So oh, he gets nice. up there. Oh, oh, okay. Yeah, so they swapped our schedules. And where he was at, he was hating life. So he came up to swap me out. He's like, dude, this I'm going to have a routine. I'm in one spot. I'm oh, going to have a schedule. He likes that. Yeah, he wanted okay. to be able to do his yeah. CrossFit 
whatever mm -hmm. workouts and oh, okay know what he was doing every day yeah i'm like cool he's like yeah you're gonna go to like seven different places in the month of july and you're gonna work a night shift i'm like is it a night shift if you're in the arctic circle in july like yeah no i mean <laughs> you can still see you bro oh yeah no we were working 24 so that was in happy valley i was cool and okay. then i got paired with this other guy um who's not a super good friend of mine you know, he's okay super cool dude we got paired together he taught me a bunch about slinging i wound up i wasn't i think i long lined on the ambler on ambler road project for five hours oh total in you know a month and i went to this oh. other project and got okay 60. and that's where those videos were from the other project that that was last week oh shit <laughs> Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so this worked out for everybody. Yeah, it worked out. Yeah, I was stoked, and it and the hoodie out. looks good on you, bro. Yeah, I was gonna wear it. <laughs> I was gonna wear it to the show. That was kind of the joke, but uh, it's been kind of warm. It's been warm. Yeah, I, I I had a hoodie I wanted to wear tonight, and I'm like, I've been fucking sweating all day. Yeah, the upper Huffman one. I was gonna wear my upper. Uh, Huffman. Ooh, we yeah. would have matched because we got the same hats, and I was gonna wear it too. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I was gonna. I I was like, man. I, I want to wear a hoodie. It's too fucking early. Yeah. I've been sweating all day. Totally like, I'm not bad. wearing a fucking hoodie. It's actually cool up here for once. Yeah, it is. It's usually it's hot nice as fuck in here, yeah. dude. Like it's sweating. usually pretty brutal this time of year. Damn, that's so funny, dude. Yeah. So, did you don't mind the mustache? Uh, that mustache. That's is a nasty, good one, man. Dude. That's a the that's a heli. Never seen the mustache, so when she watches this video, she's gonna probably vomit. <laughs> She'd be like, what is that dirty thing? That's November's a, coming. She should get That's ready. an ambler mind mustache. So yeah. so after you got to see the land, you got to talk to people, what are you thinking about this project? I mean, I kind of get both sides of it. Mm -hmm. But I think the part that's not talked about is, you know, okay, reclamation's a thing, but you can't just bring back tundra. Yeah. You know. The, for the road site or for the mine site? For the mine. Yeah. Mm. And then the other side is you know to stay out of the politics but the project group has been known for starting projects yeah i think there's an abandoned railroad somewhere up by matanuska glacier right mm -hmm. um and that are run by the same people yeah that's run by the same people so that's kind of concerning um and, you know do they start the road and realize so some of the numbers that were thrown out and i don't have any validity to them i haven't done any of my own research this is just what i'm hearing from engineers and people on the project so lower 48 to build a two-lane highway you're about a million dollars a mile they're talking about building a two-lane dirt road for 10 million dollars a mile where's that money coming from mm -hmm. yeah where's the yeah. money come from to maintain it maintain it. all of that and where's yeah, all that money coming sure. from and why can't you drive down it and use it to access public lands? right mm -hmm. that's yeah. bullshit and that, I mean, that's a good statement that, that like, you know, most conversations come up and it, it gets to be that like Star Wars S thing. It's like, it's good. It, you know, you got, you're on the good side or the bad side, you know, it's like, I'm pro pebble mine. I'm anti pebble mine. Well, this one has this like third one, right? Cause you got like the pro ambler mine people. You have the totally anti pebbler mine people. Yeah. Then you have this whole group that is like, Hey man, if the environmental impact study comes back, where it's not going to impact us, you know, it, it's going to be okay to build yeah. the road. Um, and there's public access for Alaskans, then I don't know where I fit. You know, you have this whole other, in talking to people, a huge group kind of in between. And, and that's just like here locally. What Did you kind of get that similar vibe up there that there's like kind of like three camps on it or? 
Yeah, I mean, when you're at the mine site, they're obviously for it because it's their job, right? Right. And then, but the villages aren't. What I've learned, so I've got to go to a bunch of different villages. Okay. Just throughout working this summer, um, or then the we haven't even got into what I do in the winter. Uh-huh. You know, last couple of years building that snow road. Yeah. But um, most of the villages want their life to be left alone because they live that way for a reason. Right. And you talk about building this road. Oh, well, it's going to put Ambler, the village of Ambler, on the road map. Okay. Is that necessarily good for them? Because now, you know, you have access to all the problems that being on the road system does. Right. So I think, you know, Bettles is pretty against it. Half, well, I guess there's Bettles, and then there's the other little village next to it, and they share a runway, and one of them's is for it. Is that Kobuk? No, it's, um, um, I can look at a map. But. Let me pull up the road real quick. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm assuming the consensus is that they are not feeling it. Yeah, Kobuk and then Alatna. No, it's actually, oh, the village is on the road alignment. Shun Shungak. This is always the fun Probably game. Can you saying pronounce that it? Wrong. Yeah, totally. yeah. You know, when you're up there, everyone still just calls it barrel. Oh, really? Yeah. Even in barrel? Oh, yeah, everyone in barrel calls it barrel. Because oh. they didn't spend the money to change any of the signs. They just changed the name officially. Oh, really? When you go into town? But then the Everybody borough didn't want to spend the money. <laughs> oh, yeah, everything just still says barrel when you're up there. It's been a long time since I've been up there. Why it's not pulling You're not up. missing much. Yeah. You see the blue football field? Yeah. Smurf turf. Smurf turf? <laughs> Pretty much. Oh, yeah. Why isn't it pulling up? There, how about that bottom right one? That one right there? This one? On the right. Right here? Yeah. I don't know why it, it doesn't, like, pull it up. And then right. click it again. Where'd it go? Oh, this one here? Yeah. Oh, yeah, that is weird. Yeah, it's not pulling it up. Weird. Mm. So, in general, though, the um, consensus is it's, like, why we're, we're doing fine. Don't that's pretty road much, through. yeah. Yeah. I mean, naturally, that's what I... I find myself in a weird spot with this, and we're not going to get into the politicals of it. I, I just did the Dalton Highway. Yeah. Ran up there, went to Dead Horse and back. And I thought to myself, man, there's like so much human influence on this mm-hmm. area, right? Or you look way off in the distance and you see like a marker or a, a thing, like something that... Flyover, you could really see it. Oh, I bet. Abandoned it, roads and wellheads. That's and, shit I never even saw. Yeah. This is just stuff from the road where I'm like, it feels like Galbraith to Dead Horse is like human fingerprints are on fucking everything around what is a massive, expansive, vast area of crazy wild wilderness. But the caribou were still, I don't know, they were laying behind a fuel truck in Dead Horse. Yeah. Oh, yeah, man. And I couldn't shoot them. I couldn't shoot them with my bow and arrow. They lay under the pipeline, dude, to get out of I the saw wind. I saw 50 caribou running next to the pipeline on the pipeline road. Yeah. Right? It's the easier and, way to go. And I'm like, and I saw massive, expansive area where bird life and, and things were happening. And I'm like, 
I'm not so sure anything's really fucked up up here. No. I mean, don't quote me on that. Like, oh, Brandon with Lost Quad Project says everything's good. No. But I'm saying I saw a tremendous amount of wildlife still doing its thing. Yeah. I think it's done in with like a minimal impact. Very well said. I, I feel like, no, I'm not saying that that's how Ambler Road's going to be. But what I am saying is that Mother Nature in its glory and how it adapts and conforms, it it finds a way to still do its thing. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't feel like watching the caribou running around up in the hall road. Are they using the no-hunt area and an area to maybe hang out because they feel like it's safer there? Maybe? I, I don't know. I, I don't think so. I'm not saying that they know. I'm just saying it was crazy coincidence that yeah. we're hunting caribou and all the big trophy old mature bulls were nowhere to be found where you could shoot them and they were all sitting in town yeah i was like wow what the fuck that's weird all the big old ones are where you can't get them yeah. but the younger small ones are not in here yeah, yeah. yeah. With, they're, with they're the move, moving ahead yeah. yeah 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 but the muskox weren't weren't oh they don't care affected by it no no they were still slothing around doing their thing totally all the beautiful geese and birds and waterfowl and things that were doing their thing, they're all still doing their shit. So, I don't know. I, it, yeah. It, I mean, if they, it's it's like we, I feel like there's two different parts of this project. There's a mine, which has a way higher risk, right, of like some sort of environmental impact. I mean, that's obvious to everyone. Without a but, doubt, it will have an impact. But I think one way or the other. From um <laughs> there's two kind of barriers for the mine to be built. And one is, hey, we're gonna be able to develop this mine safely, you know, and pass environmental impact study and all this stuff. But then they also have to build the road. So the road's like a pretty easy target for someone to be like, hey, no road to the Ambler. We'll stop the mine that way. So then, who you know, they, I'm not pro or for, you know, sure, pro or sure. against. I'm just saying, like, if someone wanted to stop it, they they kind of have two avenues mm-hmm. to attack. And, and I think that we're really good at building roads. We built a road in 1960s in the 1960s to the North Slope of Alaska that was built in a way that, you know, it's a marvel dude. Yeah. Impact it. Like what you're saying, you know, like whatever, what what are we 60 years, 60 years later? Fuck man. It's 60 years later that, um, that's a mind blowing that, um, that you're seeing like a minimal impact. We'll say, I mean, it's humans touch the one Valley. it's It's an impact, but I, from what I saw in a very small sample size, I'm like, Everything's still doing its thing up here. Yeah. From what I could tell. So so look, bring it back to the road. I mean, we're way better at building roads now. We do a way better job on kind of like what the guys you're taking out there or the people you're taking yeah, out there, the imagine, scientists. Could you imagine what was going on back then? Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Oh dude. Wild West. Uh-huh. Totally. And and so we're way better at, at doing all the pre work. We're way better at understanding like the potential consequences for our work which is like with the purpose of this these environmental impacts studies so like if it comes back that hey we can build this road safely which is very likely um 
and it's up for public use that that's like that's pretty good thing for alaska you know for in general for people to gain access to our public lands you know, that, that's not a bad thing like you got to experience part of alaska that is amazing that if the road did the pruda bay wasn't there like you would never get to yeah, see this to you know and it it's like i get that we want to keep it pristine and 100 percent we need to respect what villages and the people mm-hmm. that mm. have you know lived on the land and continue to you know subside on land yeah, the, the impact on the indigenous people folks yeah. that have been here forever yeah but yeah. but if they if they are able to build it safely then and there's public access then that's a whole different conversation than mm-hmm. like a mine going in where we can't use the road you know in my opinion and then the mine only impacts it's a area, portion yeah. of the area which is insanely massive yeah it's right. not like it's it's just a little pocket I mean, you know? there's already quite the infrastructure out there. I mean, they've got a runway oh. they could land a DC three on. Okay, yeah. that was that was my next question. Was they've already put a lot of money into this? Oh, I I have no idea how much, but millions. Yeah, there's camps and runways and fuel and vehicles. Yeah. My perception is that it's going in. Well, it was written is how I feel about it. Yeah, I'm not saying I'm for it. I want it. I'm just saying, it feels like everything is going into it. However many thousands of dollars per day yeah. it costs to run helicopters and surveyors and pay maritime yeah. and its pilots to do the work that they were doing. I know that there's a risk in the return on investment situation, but if they're willing to dump the money in, like it, it, I have to believe they feel they must feel like there's a good chance it's going to happen. Yeah. They, uh, yeah, they probably feel like there's a chance. And I don't yeah, know. I'm not saying it's like good or bad. And it gets back to the the the, the basis of it. Mm-hmm. There's just the right place to put a mine, and there's the wrong place to put a mine. I think the consensus with Pebble was it ain't the right place. That's it's right. It's Bristol Bay. It's a salmon fucking mecca. Yeah. It ain't the place to put a mine. And the type of mine, too. Like, there's only been whatever, like, 11 of those built, and none of them have really a really a good record in Pebble. This is a different style of mine. It's in a different place. Yeah, and I'm not saying it's should go there. Again, I want to be very clear on that. Yeah, we don't have an opinion. Uh, no. We're trying but, to but understand. The, but the point, yeah, the point is, in the whole thing, outside of the fact that you're a dope dude, Forrest, but you did something very unique mm-hmm. this summer. And you worked a project that not a lot of people had the opportunity to work on. And it was insane, the timing of it that comes off of, you know, our BHA folks and members who are anti, you know, save the caribou, you know, the, the, the land, the, the everything, the reason why they don't want the road in there. They preserve it, public lands. Yeah, and that's fine. But it's just interesting that you actually were boots on the ground. Yeah. Seeing what was happening with the development of it. Yeah. It's, there's not much happening, but they're doing a lot at the same time, if that makes oh. sense. Like, they're it, not building a road, but. No, no, no. And I, I think that's, it's still the inventor, environmental impact study that's in a place. There's a lot of engineers up there, too, though. Is there? Yeah. So they okay. must think something's happening. 
Well, they're all part of it. Yeah. Like, cause you gotta, the engineers are involved with the scientists on like, Hey, this is the route. This is what we can do in this case. And yeah. so that it's all kind of intertwined. Was this summer the most, um, impactful on the process of it that you could tell since it started? Oh, I, this is the first time I'd been up there. So I don't, I don't really know. It okay. seems like they were dumping them. I mean, they were dumping money into it. They had, Five aircraft from two different companies. Okay. You know, they're... And like you said, the, the mine site itself had infrastructure. It looked like it had been there a while, though. Okay. Yeah, and there's probably some information we could probably look up on, yeah. like, since the first building went up. But um, my, my like, hunch is that we're in 2023. Some shit probably went down, like, first soil break was probably prior to COVID. COVID put a fucking stall on shit and now we fast forward three years this is probably the first summer where they could really start moving things along logistically clearance permits uh employees fucking all the stuff that goes into such a massive yeah project process. it's a huge project and i guess yeah. a lot of front end loading someone knew it was happening a long time ago because whenever they re- you know, they designated gets the Arctic National Park. There's an easement written into that. Oh, right. Whenever that happened. You know, that's part of the argument. Oh, the gates will stop it. Well, no, they, they wrote this in there. Mm. Whoever they are. Yeah. 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 I mean, it, it, it. it's kind of like a natural path if you're ever going to put a road from south of the Brooks Range um, to Kotzebue. A lot like, of people say the road to Nome or road to Cosby. Yeah, and it's, mm. I mean, I think, like, there's a lot of, uh, in Alaska, there's a lot of easements that you wouldn't expect, like, through native land, through parks, you know. That were all written. Yeah. Yeah. Let's, uh, let's uh, go to a break. Let's do it. I have to break the seal. Okay. Let's do it. Barney's Sports Chalet, supplying hunters and outdoor enthusiasts with the highest quality gear and equipment since they opened their doors in 1963. Barney's carries exclusive brands such as Alpaca Rafts, Sitka Sims, XO Mountain Gear, Hilleberg, and much more. Barney's prides themselves with keeping a huge stock on hand of various top-of-the-line tents, footwear, sleeping bags, optics, cross-country skis, just to name a few. Barney's is also the exclusive retailer of Montana Knives, Seek Outside, Kafaru, Stone Glacier, and their in-house brand, Frontier Gear of Alaska. Barney's has a superior selection of top-rated boots, sleeping bags, dry bags, mountaineering gear, electronics, and accessories. Need freeze-dried food or mountain snacks? They got that too. Barney's now has an amazing new paperback catalog available for in-store pickup or online order. Visit them today at barneysports.com, or even better, stop by the store in Anchorage at 906 West Northern Lights. If you want the best, there's only one name in the game, Barney's Sports Chalet. The Alaska chapter of Backcountry Hunters and Anglers. BHA is the voice of our Alaska public lands, waters, and wildlife. From national level policy work to engagement with boots on the ground projects from Kotzebue to Ketchikan. BHA performs public land cleanups, hunting and fishing clinics, and community education to help take your game to the next level. BHA's community-minded goal is to uphold our hunting and fishing legacy while keeping wildlands wild and fostering the next generation of sportsmen and women 
for years to come. Make sure to follow BHA Alaska for upcoming events, local brewery pint nights, and more. Stand up for Alaska public lands and waters by supporting the Alaska chapter of Backcountry Hunters and Anglers. Join us today at backcountryhunters.org. The Treehouse AK, your one-stop dispensary located at 341 Boniface Parkway. When you pull up to the Treehouse, you'll notice the beautifully hand-drawn art by Alaska's own Ted Kim. Once you get inside, you're going to see many of the same people that have been there since they opened. The bud tenders know you and what you like and what new product you should be checking out. The store is super clean and the music's always on point. The Treehouse and local owner Josh Boots is a staple in the cannabis culture through his music, community givebacks, and a lifetime desire to bring the people of Alaska the best products available. The Treehouse always has at least 25 strains available and they're all shown prominently deli style in clear, openable jars so you can see and smell your options. Other products include edibles, concentrates, vape carts, pre-rolls, flour, dab rigs, and anything else you need, they got it. They also have some pretty sick merchandise for sale. Check out thetreehouseak.com, or better yet, stop by the Treehouse today and get started on their loyalty program. Remember, you must be 21 years of age to enter their store, the Treehouse, where the culture lives. Big Ray's The Alaskan Outfitter, committed to outfitting Alaskans across the state since 1947. Whether you're a recreator, parent, guide, or corporate buyer, Big Ray's has the gear you need tailored for Alaska's harsh conditions. At Big Ray's, you'll find brands like Carhartt, Grundens, Darn Tough, FXD, Okiwear, and more. Big Ray's is your one-stop shop for both outdoor gear and rugged work attire. Check out their new exclusive line of durable but affordable waders inspired by and named after the majestic Aralik River in remote western Alaska. The Aralik wader was designed by Alaskans and proven for the diverse waters of the last frontier. Visit Big Ray's at any of their five locations statewide, two in Anchorage, two in Fairbanks, one in Kodiak, or check them out online at BigRays.com. Tailored Restoration, helping Alaskans turn disasters into new beginnings since 1972. Their 24-hour services include fire, water, mold, post-emergency cleaning, and repairs. Tailored built its reputation with years of committed and reliable service to the community with innovative restoration and home remodeling. When you have an unexpected home issue at the most improbable time, Tailored has an emergency response number with trained professionals available to help you anytime, day or night. Tailored Restoration has locations to serve you in Anchorage, Eagle River, Matsu, or Fairbanks. Give them a call at 907-344-1239 or make an appointment today at tailoredrestorationalaska.com. Total Truck, Alaska's premier supplier for custom automotive accessories and Overlander products. If you want to customize your vehicle, talk to the team at Total Truck where you'll find their expertise along with top brands such as ARE, RSI Smart Caps, Goose Gear, iCamper, Front Runner, Rigid Lights, Rhino Lining Bed Liners, and everything you need to outfit your truck or SUV. Want to turn your truck into a sleeping option? They have rooftop tents, custom camping equipment, electronics, and solar energy packages to keep you powered up deep in the backcountry. Stop by their store location on Dowling between the new and old Seward Highway or check them out at TotalTruckAK.com. All right, we're back, back live. Yeah, the Solars are... There you go. Oh, you got a caribou call going? Damn. Yeah. Oh, yeah, Brent. 
Brandon, uh, you know, I'm going moose hunting. Um, what? Not, like, not tomorrow, the next morning. Okay. And uh, You're not leaving early? Man, it would really, it would really be a, a treat to hear a moose call, man. Like, like, give me a real sweet one. Like, not you don't have to do your big loudest one. Just like yeah. a real nice sweet one. A cow call? Yeah, cow. All right, I'll do. A, I'll do. A, I'll do a little cow call. I really enjoy that, bud. Um, I know. I was thinking about. So we're doing a little weekend warrior, um, scout mission All this right. weekend. But it's just too early. Super early to call. Like Daniel in and those South guys Central. Going, uh yeah yeah yeah, yeah we're yeah, just gonna yeah. go out right out of town a couple hours here though like where daniel's going and stuff and i mean i'm going a lot further than him um mm-hmm. within the week yeah you know, I mean, we have gonna, some cold days i'm not saying that you can't call and get something to maybe be curious yeah i know in our early hunts up in the interior we go up and we're like oh calling's not going to be effective and then we call and something comes in in mm-hmm. a couple of days. Yeah. It doesn't come in that night or the next no. day, but yeah. it's like days. At least they hear it. They know it. They feel it. Yeah. And they and they yeah. come check it out at least. I'm not saying they're coming in grunting and mm-hmm. swaying horns and yeah. doing the whole like September the, 22nd type shit. Gluck. Yeah. They're just, oh, there's like some, some action happening yeah. now. The, yeah. The, I feel like sometimes if you get into an area that is moosey, and the moose are spread out, and then you come in and you start calling. You might sometimes start a ruckus. Oh yeah, you know what I mean. You might for be sure. the catalyst for, you know, we hear the uh, cows, uh, an, an orgy going. You know what I yeah. mean? Yeah. Uh, do you do a call? Yeah. Do you call, or does your dad no, call? No, we. I don't hunt with dad, but uh, yeah, I call. Hold on a second. You go to camp with dad, but you don't hunt with dad. But, um, we all split up because the hunting. I I've told you about the hunting in there. It's pretty gnarly. No, yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, we split up. I mean, sometimes I'm with dad. I always spend at least like a couple of evenings with him, but not. Okay. And we're together during the day, except for I believe in that lunar hour. So I'm up. Oh, okay. Look at a high point during lunar hour, but yeah, we spend a lot of time together. But, um, I mean, we hunt in a lot different spots terrain than you guys are at so we're there's a lot of boots on the ground and look at just like all the draws all the different features we have to get into you're you're not going to see a moose out in the open there right so um you got to draw one out yeah or just like a lot of the there's a couple good viewing spots so you could see something moving through for sure from there but like the people that could actually like make an attack on the moose like they're walking through spots that are hard to see from a viewpoint and mm-hmm. you 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 can see different meadows and different different viewpoint little viewpoints you know yeah. but a lot a of small them space. so there's yeah. a lot of um, independent hunting there right um so yeah i call yeah you guys ready? Sure. You ever done a cow call? No. You ever had a reason to do a cow call? <laughs> no. <laughs> no. You going to have one soon? <laughs> All right. I'll just lay out like a general, um, I kind of like belt out a crazy loud early, one early in the morning, but then my like late morning, early afternoons are just kind of cute little mm-hmm. short ones. So I'll run one of those. <clears throat> That 
That's a cute one. That's a cute one. Damn. Yeah, no, that's pretty no, intense. Cause my, my early morning is like a fucking 22nd. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like yeah. I, I wanted to like, I, I do, uh, I've got a cool video of it. I actually start down low by my knees. I like hunch down. And I like. Yeah, and then come and I, up. I come up and like belt it out. Mm-hmm. So it kind of like that simulates it in the in the brush and then it yeah like like waves out i guess yeah do you ever do the um what did, what do they call it that it's that you know the moose call what it, it has a name the bull magnet yeah thank you the bull magnet um yes i do do the bull magnet i stopped using the bull magnet for the scraping though Cause it's too like yeah, it's fake, and it like echoes. Yeah, weird. Oh, totally. But if you use it right and you put your hands around the um, uh, for a so a bull magnet call is yeah. a fiberglass funnel funnel. Okay, that has like a tube uh, about like that at the at the base, and then it has a shaft of about maybe four to six inches, and then it widens out almost like a megaphone okay all right so it has dual use it has you can call and use it as a megaphone you can use it as a or is a megaphone for yeah. sound out yeah what's for hearing uh oh. That's, um, so you can put it to your ear and, yeah. it, and it like funnels the sound yeah because obviously humans hearing, we yeah. have horrible hearing yeah humans have horrible hearing you can't hear shit but you can hear a moose raking and glucking for some reason that you can pick that shit up. Um, and then the edge of it, they say you can scrape it and smack it mm. in the, in the brush, but it sounds like shit. Yeah. But if you take it and you hold it and you scrape it on, Rub it on, like, on, like on, a, on a spruce tree, yeah. like just like scraping the bark off it, it just sends out a very, um, Fairly realistic sound of antlers scraping. I mean, there's mm-hmm. nothing like a wood uh, paddle or a boat mm-hmm. paddle or something like that. That's like or a scapula or a scapula or an actual antler. Like yeah, a, like yeah. a drop horn. Yeah, you can just rake. I mean, there's just yeah. nothing that is any better than that. But yeah. um, I do have. We do have a magnet. We do run a magnet up there. I use it in general for calling but once we get a, a moose to start responding oh yeah close no we way. put that shit away yeah like, totally no, you're, no more of that. we're really quiet with our calling yeah we call really quiet and it's pretty amazing um i didn't buy into the quiet calling um i mean until about like six or seven years ago and then uh, i was sitting with earl and uh man i mean he, his calls were like yeah i can barely hear it like i could barely fucking hear it and then he but he has like a solid he has everyone has their own routine his his routine's pretty money it's like on the dot at 4 30 he does a couple of those and then he waits like 30 minutes and then he'll move like you know 300 yards mm-hmm. and another couple mm-hmm. of those and then he waits to like 7 15 and then lets out a bull grunt and uh and then he gets a response and you're like what the fuck that was so quiet and it just every it it's so much different than like how we normally call or how most people call that i hunt with and then the bull magnet is like 10 times louder oh, than yeah. that yeah. 
So I always figured like the bull magnet is like, okay, I've been calling for a couple of days. I've had no response. I haven't seen anything. People at the high points haven't seen any response. So like, let's pull out the bull magnet to try to draw animals that are miles away mm -hmm. to towards us. Um, even, even when I got that moose a couple of years ago, um, we told the story on with dad and stuff, but we were on top of the hill. We we're a mile and a half away and dad was calling and I was looking through the spotting scope right before dark and his first call wasn't loud and immediately the moose looked up right to where we were at, then put his hand his horns down in a marsh and like break like the little baby willows, you'd never hear it. Yeah. You know, and then the next day I killed that moose. So um, you yeah. know, it came a mile and a half from a few calls that were quiet. So I always wondered about like people's feelings on how loud you know we should be you know because the, the moose are quiet when oh, they're yeah. calling they're not loud you know no not typically have you ever heard a cow actually call uh i've heard not the call that we just did you hear them at night yeah i've only ever heard cows doing that like at night oh, okay and i've heard cows make sounds having bulls around so yeah I've had like two small bulls together and then a cow came out of nowhere and the cow made like a grunt. Like yeah. It's like, like the asterisk. Yeah. Asterisk. Yeah. And I'm like, it's oh shit. That was nothing like what I'm told on YouTube videos and all this other shit on how to call. Yeah. You know? And, uh, I think it's up for, there's, an endless conversation, argument, debate, whatever you want to call it, yeah. on, on it. My cousin calls really quiet. Mm -hmm. His calls are subtle, quiet. I always think, like, she ain't shit going to hear that. Yep. He's called in lots of bulls. Yep. Like, bulls that have, like, run in with their fucking little goat things. Yeah, like yeah. Just I'm ready. Not crazy, yeah. dumb, come right to you, to you. Yeah. And then, and then there's times where I felt like my calls loud, obnoxious, reach out and touch somebody. Cause we've yeah. had bulls that we've called on a Tuesday morning at six 30 in the morning, seven o'clock in the morning, first light come in tomorrow night at seven 30. Yeah. And you knew it was the same bull. You counted brow times. You're like, Oh, that was that bull down there. Yeah. And I'm like, I feel like it had to be that loud, long call from yeah. here us from two and a half miles away. Totally. There's no way he heard. No, I, I feel like, no, no, he, no, he didn't Bell's hear call. that one. Yeah. yeah he, yep. he called the ones in that were happened to be close by. We didn't know about. Right. Versus those ones that we knew came from fucking Timbuktu. Right. Yeah. You're like, it's that tactical close stuff yeah. with the quiet. I, don't really I have agree. A, on I don't that. really have like a, a, I have a process. I don't have times, which is kind of cool. He does like yeah. the four o'clock. He's right on time. There's a lot more stuff to it than that. But yeah, there's like scraping. That's like exactly a certain time. And I started off early calling too much, I think. Mm. And then I started like leaning it back. Mm. And I'm like, I don't need to do it every 15 minutes or 20 minutes. Because you just get bored. Yeah. You get bored. You you call and, and you wait two hours and you're like, I should I call again? Yeah. Like, I don't know. Yeah, go yeah. for it. Like, fuck, what do we got to lose? Totally. You know, and it's like sometimes I think, actually, I don't think I know you can call too much and you can make a moose feel like something right. Oh, totally. You know, they're like, uh, this shit ain't natural and mm -hmm. they, they go away and you're like what the fuck happened when a good a dude made one call and this thing came from half a mile away yeah 
you know. So I'm with you on that. I wish the best of luck to you. I, I don't think where we're going this weekend is going to be. Am I going to call? Hell yeah. But is it going to do anything? No, uh, I no. don't know. Yeah. I mean, and we're going to be in thick brush. Yeah. We're not going to our traditional 2,500 foot above Alpine. We can see two miles away. We can see moose walking in the meadows and critters around. And at least it's action. So you, you know, if you yeah, see that something, sounds awesome. Yeah, when you can see, even if it's a cow just walking, everybody's just zoned in with their glass like moose. Yeah, at least it's something. Versus, I'm sitting in a meadow that has like a hundred yard radius and yeah. you just call and nothing's yeah. really going to come in and you're going to hear it yeah so that's what we're going to hunt that's what we're going to be hunting this next which is going to be completely different and i think it's going to have a whole different feel we have to be patient we have to know that it's a process and yeah. put time in and and yeah. i don't really want to shoot something with a bow and arrow mm. so i'm 100% dedicated. I'm yeah. going to try to get one with a bow. That's but I, cool. I think it's going to, I'm going to have to wait till later. Though. Yeah. If you can go in, uh, you know, like 18th, you know. Yeah. And I think there's, you could get lucky. Yeah. Oh, you for know, sure. Catch one bedded or just be in the right area, mm-hmm. you know, and, or I think too, when this this early, you can get one just curious. Mm. You know, he's not going to come in grunting and swaying and doing the thing, but he might just pop in and be like, man, I heard some shit over here. Mm-hmm figured i'd check it out yeah what we find is like the we'll get some like scrapes and stuff early uh but they stay in cover mm-hmm. so that's always been our yeah, problem they're, they're with the like, early hey, i'm hunt. over here but i'm not gonna let you know yeah. or see me yeah and it, there's not a lot of scraping but you get some and then uh and then it kind of like you can't get it out you know but then he, come like september 8th mm-hmm and get some cold nights yeah then we're able to pull that bull out yeah with the call but yeah we'll work on that bull we'll give it a break but they usually they're they stay in the same area really yeah why would he move from a place where he's got food and not until it's rut rut yeah he's not gonna get out of there yeah i mean i've been hanging out here for months i don't need to move until i'm if, you know, I'm ready to get my wood hard. If you know? the cows start coming out there, though, and they start grouping up, it'll draw them out, yeah. you know? I'm also worried about the winter kill. Yeah. I've heard the winter kill just in general statewide has been brutal. So I was talking to uh, Galen Nelson, one of our guests. Yeah. Shout out to Galen. And they just got back from their hunt. and uh, they, Wildcat. They right. got one. Or wildcat? Or no. Um, what was that? His school in Glen Allen? Oh, fuck. Uh, is it Wildcat? Firecat? I think it was Firecat. No. No. I'll think of him. You got to go back and listen to that yeah, episode, yeah. dude. That one's yeah. so funny. I haven't laughed. That might have been the funniest, the most laughs in a Oh, podcast. for sure. Galen's <laughs> the fun, one of the funniest people I've ever met. Uh, so I saw him tonight. They and, got a moose? Um, yeah, they got a moose. Yeah, he got a moose in, already. and uh, In velvet. Yeah, in velvet. And the report is that um, they saw just a tiny fraction of the moose they normally see they normally and see. then you know just fly it fly in the summer um and um man i, I didn't see a lot of moose in south central <laughs> like yeah i mean so. if they're if they already got a moose they got the 25th opener so yeah i think uh, they're part of a community yeah but yeah anyway uh oh so with the just the last thing before we get back um so with the with the pitch or the 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 loudness mm. of moose, uh, 
mm. calls the gluck has always been the loudest which i would think would be for me at our camp mo- natural moose making a sound the gluck by far 10 times louder than anything else i hear a moose do horse you know what a gluck is <laughs> i don't can you do a gluck my gluck sucks oh i'm doing fuck i don't think i can but do a natural moose gluck is fucking legendary and loud yeah it's super it loud carries it it's deep it's uh it's so it's their grunt yeah so when they you know you call a bull in he might scrape and do his thing but when they when they're coming in for them to help their you know mm-hmm. surroundings recognize them they let out a grunt it's like a ooh, ooh, ooh. but it's fucking you feel it in your soul. Damn. When you hear a moose naturally glucking close enough to where you can hear it. It is so distinct. You can be sitting there glassing and winds blowing or so there's sounds or there's just distractions. Yeah. And then you hear a moose gluck. You're like, oh, shit. Everybody's like, stop. Did you hear that? Yep. You hear that. And they just. They just come in like just glucking, like it's it's a gluck, I guess is yeah. Well, there's like there's the grunt, and then there which is like that, and then there's this, and the gluck is a little different. The gluck is like this, like it's it's like deeper in the chest than than like what I would consider a, a grunt. I was I'd trying say to the find. Gl- I'd one. say the gluck comes with the when they get so close mm-hmm. that they start flashing horns. No, that is, that no, is not no, it. I'm trying to find one. <laughs> no, it's a uh, it's it's like a, a dick sizing contest kind mm. of a thing. You know, it's it's the gluck, and then it's the horn flash, and then it's like the full blown fucking chest pump, and it's now it's like sizing up mm-hmm. for a fight or you know trying to find a female. Sounds like pilots in the Palmer bar. Yeah. Is that how it is? <laughs> I fly at two oh six with floats, motherfucker. What's your status? <laughs> oh, it could be it could be horrible. Is it that bad? Uh, Who's more egotistical, a cub pilot or a helicopter pilot? A helicopter pilot, for sure. Nice. Yeah, it's, nice. it's bad. <laughs> yeah, I, very I mean, type A. So I've never flown. I've flown in a Beaver. Okay. And I feel like if I told you I've flown in a small aircraft, and I said I've flown in a Beaver, you'd say, "Oh, that must be nice to fly in Hercules." Like, it's a big-ass, small aircraft. They're pretty sweet. Yeah. Uh, Super Cub is a glider. I've never been a Super Cub. The way I look at it is it's like a fucking glider. It's very (laughs) small, two dudes, minimal gear, right? But then a helicopter is... I've never flown in one, but I've heard it's just fucking bouncy and... Not it's really. a whole nother level. I mean, if yeah, if you're in turbulence in, in Hawaii, I've heard of helicopters in Hawaii. I guess it's like super bumpy. Oh, I, I don't know how to text my buddy. Yeah, he's flying over there, but yeah, he got sick of Alaska. Got sick of Alaska? Yeah, he wanted to go hang out on the beach with his yeah, girlfriend. There you go. You know, but it's beautiful scenery. Yeah, for some, for some, yeah. So you think it's choppier than a, like say you're flying at the same speed. And the same size aircraft, so like, you know, whatever that is, like a Cessna with, you know, this 206 that you're flying, like, what would be, or is it 206? Four, four, I, I fly 
206 and a 407. Okay. But, yeah. but equal size aircraft through the same conditions, do you think it'd be more? I think the airplane's going to be bumpier. Yeah. It's, it's a bigger, oh, really? bigger surface area on the wind. Oh, yeah. You'll, oh, because the, the wing. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. You get beat to shit. Where a helicopter's just, you know, a little blade. Depend, that makes sense. Yeah. 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 The 407 super stable. Like we were coming back today, and you know we were up 6,000 feet, taking you know 35 knot winds, and it was fine. Oh really? Yeah, it wasn't it bumping. No. I've oh, been in man. the inlet with 55 knot winds. Huh. Like coming across from Nikiski or Kenai or something. Uh, I was in Training Bay, going back to Homer. Okay. So you know we're there's not a lot to make turbulence out there. It's pretty flat. You know, okay. just on the water. But yeah, we were hauling ass. Okay. It seems like one real advantage that, like, we think of, like, advantage of, like, oh, you can land there to go fishing. But, like, another real advantage of the helicopter is, like, say you're going over a mountain pass and you need to gain a certain amount of elevation on your way up. And it, with the airplane, you're like, oh, man, we might not make it. But with a helicopter, you could just stay in place and go straight up, right? Not exactly. Oh, you can't no, do that? No, because in a hover, you have less performance than if you're in forward flight. Okay. So... Could you slow you circle, it? Yeah, you can, oh, there's okay. things you can do. It's mo- okay. it's more maneuverable, uh-huh. but it's still you still gotta be careful. You okay. can't just you straight run climb up. Yeah, no. you can't be like, oh, okay, we're not gonna make it. We're gonna go straight up. Because the first thing to do, you know, you start flying little helicopters, and they're super weight sensitive. And then you get into something like an R44, which is barely bigger than an R22, and they're still weight sensitive. And the first thing they do is try. Are those like the um, Magnum PI like bubble no, that's helicopters? A Okay. That's the Mac. That I was trying to think of that earlier when we were talking. Yeah, the 500s of Mac. Okay. Yeah. Is that the one where the, you're on the glacier? Uh, no, that's a 44. You're Ooh. talking the one when we did that photo shoot. Oh, hey, there's yeah. me and my hoodie. <laughs> there's that, that trouble. lovely hoodie that got you fired. Yeah. <laughs> that was a, this one. So that's an R44 that was flying last summer for Alpine. Doing okay. Tours. This was a photo shoot with a guy, John Durding. Cool. For PR. Same with Same. One. Yeah. Yeah, he got... I took this dude to these giant glacier pools on the Kinnick, uh-huh. yeah. these big running rivers on Colony, and we're coming back over Lake George Glacier, and he's like, oh, I want to stop at that pool. And I land on this stupid little crack. Uh-huh. Like, I mean, okay, that's really cool if you've never been to Alaska or yeah. been on a glacier, but to me, it's like, it's a stupid little six-inch crack. Yeah. He got so damn excited. He's we're, like, we're I'm on a crevasse. Two, we were there for two hours because just the way I parked, it was like, oh, this is so perfect. I'm like, okay. <laughs> cool. Yeah. It was beautiful, though. Yeah, it's like gorgeous. Is that the spring? Uh, like late May? Uh, no, no, mid-June probably. That was last summer. I think that was in June or July. But we had that period with like five weeks of good weather in July last year. Yeah, it was super hot. I mean, the photo says October twenty, October eighteenth, but that ain't. Oh no, that ain't. That, that would have been when he sent it to me, or I saved it in Dropbox right, or something. Right. Oh, that one with uh, next to the old glacier river is really cool. Yeah, that was or a, the glacier pool. That was a drone on Colony. Man, that's so cool. So that's Colony Pass up there. So the other side of that is right here. Uh, yeah, is uh, like rolling down into Portage. Um, yeah, they, I think it's actually Herman Fjord. Yeah. That oh, into right. the sound. Yeah, into the sound. Okay. Gotcha. So cool. Yeah, so, no. Forrest, what, what, what got you into this, dude? Into like, let's, helicopters. Let's back up. Like, back like up. We we talked about so much on this, but let's go back to, 
you know, you said Reno, you said D- Dakota, like when you were a kid, like what, what started all this? So I grew up, my dad's a landscape contractor. Okay. So I grew up on heavy, I shouldn't say heavy equipment, little mini excavators and bobcats. <coughs> Dirt work? Yeah, he did. He did a little bit of dirt work. He's a landscape mm-hmm. contractor, so you mm-hmm. know, like he built ponds and stuff. Yeah, like that. yeah. yeah retaining cool. walls and oh yeah, retaining walls and um, paper patios and yeah. planting plants and all that. Well, I got a hickory allergy. Oh shit! It's total bullshit. I, I'm allergic to a shovel. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Hickory, hickory. Is yeah, I don't you, do any finish uh, work. I just yeah. run the excavator. Well, so. no. Yeah. I, I, so I hated using a shovel. So I started running the Bobcat, you know, skid steer, and the mini excavator. But I got good enough on it that I didn't really have to use the shovel. And my dad used to tell me, you're just fucking lazy. And you just use the damn shovel. It'll be quicker. Then I got good enough at it. But you would like, get all finesse with the equipment exactly. and shit. Yeah. So then, and then I got good enough at it. And he's like, well, I guess I can't argue with it. You got, yeah. You got some skills there. Uh, I remember I was, what, I think 15 or 16. I'm on one of his job sites and he's laying out gravel um we're doing a driveway and i was in a skid steer and a skid steer you don't have any side to side movement it's not like a road grader or nothing mm-hmm. and my dad had me grading the driveway and the dump trucks are dumping it and anyway the the general or whoever was on the project came in and he's like yeah i don't know about this let's shoot the grade and i'm like okay he's like what is it i'm like quarter inch a foot i'm 16 you could just feel it i'm like I, I knew it was good and he's like well let's put a string line on it my dad's standing there, he's just shaking his head, and he's like, this general doesn't know what's about to hit him. The dude put it on there, it was perfect. Oh, oh shit. Nice. You just knew. It may have been luck, or it may have been that good. I don't know. A little bit of both. A little bit of both. Yeah. I was all right on piece of equipment. <laughs> so, but I got through that, and of course, you know, you don't ever want to. Most people are like, I don't want to work for dad forever, so I got into, I wanted to run bigger equipment that he didn't have, so I got into construction. Well, I took a detour and went to Utah to be a ski bum for a couple of years. Nice. Got into snow cats. I still, oh. I still run snow cats. Okay, M- made snow, did the whole ski bum thing on the operation side, and then I went back to California after being in Utah for a couple of years, and started running bigger equipment, paving contractors. That's when I got my CDL. Okay, because the first job I got for a paving contractor, I'm like, oh, I want to be an equipment operator. And they're like, Yeah, you're 21. You got to earn your keep. Well, I ran a shovel for a day on the back of a paver. And said, fuck that, I'm getting my CDL because they have AC. Yeah, yeah. why would I yeah, want to be out here? Screw walking on a yeah. mat. Have you ever paved? <laughs> mm. Fucking oh, no thanks, dude. It's miserable. I bet. It looks awful. And then you're down in California. It's 110. Hot, mm. dude. You know. Yeah. And then you're, your shoes melt. Like, Oh, yeah. <laughs> and your feet are just, oh, it's miserable. So I'm going to get a CDL. So that's what I started doing. Um, and then running equipment. And I went back and forth to the ski industry. I had my own kind of first business going on. Got in trouble with the contractor's board for not having a license and some other shit. So anyway. Your younger days. Yeah. Yeah. Always been maybe a bit of a ripple. <laughs> Hoodie. Really? Yeah, yeah. Maybe a little. Right? Yeah. So I haven't put, sensed that at the all. Limit. <laughs> Long story short, I, I was working at uh, Sugar Bowl Ski Resort and I found out about this thing called a spider excavator. Like I sent you a picture of one. Um it's oh, really hard okay. to explain without a picture. That's why I sent it to you. It's yeah. got wheels and legs. A spider yeah, excavator? It's going to be in the older stuff. Whoa, whoa. There it is. Go back up. Uh, That's a snow cat. Up. There you go. Oh, ah, oh no. We're going on a ride. I, I know. I know which one it is. The first, first, first. The one. first couple, yeah. 
This one right that's here? A, yep, that's a good picture of a spider. Those are both spiders. Oh, I get it. Because it has the the arms, legs, yeah, wheels. Yeah, so it's got everything. legs mm. and then tires. Oh, um, no shit. I've never seen anything like that. No. So they had one up here. My buddy had one up here last year. Um, they did some work. That new sky bridge at Alieska. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, they did the footings for that. Okay. Um, and Because they can get on that steep slope. Yeah, so you can put that cab level on a one-to-one slope. Oh, man. Um, and work it. And then you got a winch that'll hold you on the hill if you got something to pick to. Okay. So I found out about what these things were. This guy, my buddy Russ, had one in Truckee. So I cold called this dude. I'm like, I want a job. Yeah. And so, you know, I did what most people do want a job. You convince them to go to breakfast. You buy someone breakfast. And you're like, I want a job. And he's like, uh, I'm not hiring. <laughs> Are you sure? But you need to hire me. I'm like, but you should hire me. He's like, I, I don't need help. I'm like, well, okay, watch this. So I found a way to go buy one. And we attached that to my dad's business with a, a under his contractor's license because I still didn't have one. Mm. So I found a way to get those, and I ran them for a summer. Um, and I wound up being a subcontractor for this dude for the summer. Okay. Um, I was I got some of my own work, but then he basically was like, well, instead of having you as competition, I'm just going to put you to work. Nice. Yeah. It, it worked out great. He hired me anyway. Yep. <laughs> Business and family is really tough. So my mm. dad and I got into it pretty good. Mm. Uh, we wound up dissolving that portion and selling them. And then I went to work uh, for this guy the next year, you know. Jokes yeah, on him. He, he he did finally hire me. Yeah, so yeah, like uh, one way or the other, I will be working. For oh, him. exactly. Oh, <laughs> awesome dude, awesome dude to work for. Um, and he's not dad. And he wasn't my dad exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you ever worked for family or worked with God, family. Why is that, dude? I don't know. I mean, I would never work for my dad. Not in a fucking two seconds, dude. Yeah, ever. Oh, we're so like. I grew up doing it. Oh, we. My dad and I. He's awesome. We. Oh yeah, yeah we we fucking kill each other. Oh sure, like uh, to this day, almost full blown like fisticuffs, right? I think we I think we did go fisticuffs once. Oh yeah, oh shit, <laughs> oh it was gnarly. Yeah, no, we oof, it was bad. Are you guys kind of the same size, or is he a little bigger or a little uh, smaller? He's bigger or? than me around, and I'm about an inch taller than him. Okay, all so, right. So you can kind of dance around, but I think most of it's in my hair. So I think we're about the same okay. size. Yeah, he's got dad strength. He's got dad strength. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Uh, I'm more scared of my mom, but yeah. Yeah, naturally. Exactly. But uh, yeah, so I ran those and I was working for that. I think it was 20. Don't mess up the dates. I think it was the fall of 2016. Mm. Um, There's a picture in there I sent you, but uh, I was building a ski lift at Grand Targhee. Oh, okay. I I just Uh, had them up. Uh, Yeah, it's right there. This one? Yep. So... Is that Utah? Uh, no, Grand Targhee is actually in Wyoming. It's just Wyoming. over the border from Driggs, Idaho. It's kind of on the backside. It looks real elky and real muley. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so oh, yeah. I saw it. I'm like, man, that looks like the Midwest somewhere. Lots I work too much to hunt, here. Fuck, dude. Or not Midwest. West. West, yeah. I should say. So you're, this picture, you're actually looking into Idaho, but I'm sitting in Wyoming. Oh, it's on the border. It's right on the border. You're like right on the ski hill here somewhere. Yeah, I was I was digging ski lift footings. Okay, is what I was oh, doing. Okay. We're, we're building a new ski lift. Yeah. Okay. Um, and this Blackhawk shows up to pour concrete. That happens to. I mean, I was just there, but um, that happens to be the first Blackhawk that was really used in utility when they first started selling the surplus from. Um, the military. The military. If you got any, you know, 
and it's carrying the concrete in yeah it. so he's no he's actually got a long line on so you could see his line yeah oh yeah right there yeah and i should have sent you a picture or a video of the bucket so he comes in with he's hauling i think one yard that's at a, a time. that's a black hawk yeah that's a black hawk a civilian well it's a military hawk that they've that they've completely mm-hmm. rebuilt fitted to, yeah mm-hmm. yeah they gutted a bunch of stuff out of it anyway i got to talking to that pilot who at that moment in time i had no idea who he was he owned, mm-hmm. he owns this company that's now okay global and massive and yeah um i didn't know you could be a pilot if you weren't in the military so i kind of got to talking to him and he's like oh yeah I'm a civilian guy I just learned to fly you know this is what i do for a living i'm like what i need to get out of this spider i'm like well i already had the cool job in the spider i thought but then that night i had to buy my own beer at the bar and that was bullshit Oh, well, this dude was just like, And he was just like hanging out, right? um, (laughs) He's the dude in the helicopter. Buy him around. Kind of. Yeah. Yeah, so it doesn't do you any good in Alaska because, you know, you walk into a bar and 17 of you are pilots. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But, um, yeah, so I went back to California, and I'm running a snowcat on graveyard shift at grooming. Where at? Sugar Bowl. All right. Yeah, on Donner Summit. Cool. So that was a good time. Yeah. Nasty resort. Really? Oh, it's super they cool resort. Terrain? They got good terrain. It's steep. And then they're right on the summit. So you wind up in some. I've been in hurricane force winds on the top of that mountain, oh. just looking at the winch pick and the hook's still hooked up. And you're like, I don't want to get out to deal with this because <laughs> the oh. door's going to blow off. Yeah. You got 100 mile an hour gusts and you're trying to time it so you can get your hook off. What's yeah. the elevation at that? I want to say the top of Lincoln's eight. One or eight two, and just winds just, just rips through there. Screaming, oh yeah, oh, shit. just insane. You, know, you can't hardly see your boom, let alone you know, I follow cable. You know, IFR. <sighs> I follow rope. Sorry, I follow cable. Yeah, there we go. Yeah, I follow rope. <laughs> I follow roads. <laughs> yeah, roads, rivers, <laughs> railroad tracks. Um, so anyway, um, I got bored one day, as you do. So I went to the local airport, um, found a helicopter. Just an R22 sitting on the ramp, started talking to the guy, found out he had a flight school, and he's like, yeah, you got 200 bucks? I'm like, yeah. He's like, I do this thing called a discovery flight, you know, I'll give you this little SFAR endorsement, which is uh, uh, something you got to do to fly a, a Robinson helicopter, and we'll do a little ground, you got your passport with you, and make sure you're legal, and we'll go fly around for 30 minutes. I'm like, okay. Well, the second we took off, I was hooked. Oh, no shit. You're like, I'm doing this. Oh, yeah. I, it was in Auburn, California. We went and flew the American River Canyon. Right? Oh, you've seen the movie Triple uh, X where they jumped the Corvette off a bridge. We yeah. Fl- we flew by that bridge. That's oh, no a, shit. Yeah, that's the Forest Hill Bridge. Yeah. So, you know, we went and flew that canyon, and I'm like, dude, I got to do this. So sick. So I get back, and I'm all jazzed. Mind you, grooming pays like 25 bucks an hour, and I'm commuting an hour and a half each way to do it. So I'm making, I'm making like no money and I'm like, I'm going to be a helicopter pilot. (laughs) So I sign up for his school. I buy all my books and I fly like two hours and I completely run out of money. Oh, no shit. I spent every dime. I'm thinking I'm going to work nights at the ski resort and fly one day a week and get somewhere. It didn't work. Oh no. So I'm like, okay, I got to reevaluate. I looked at some, some schools where you can use, you know, financial aid or student loans, you know, college Mm -hmm. program and. At that point, I'd kind of been a punk kid and fucked up my credit, so I couldn't do it that way. So I went to go. I got a job. I was at a, at a garage sale at my buddy's house, of all places. Like, what did you have to sell? 
I had some. I didn't really have anything. Old records. <laughs> I was say, like, what, what does a guy even have? CDs from no, Columbia House. No, I didn't. I didn't have shit. I was drinking at my buddy's house while his girlfriend had a garage sale with my ex. That's all other story. But yeah, oh, sure. Um, yeah, AIDS, aviation induced divorce syndrome. <laughs> That's funny. Not good on relationships. I take it. Uh, it can be tough, but um, anyway. I wound up getting the, someone who came to the garage said, I wound up with this job driving a self-loading log truck. It paid decent. And that guy's deal was I could work as much overtime as I wanted and he'd pay me cash for any hours after 40 hours a week. Perfect. So what did I start doing? I started working 90 hours a week. <laughs> Just around the clock. Basically. Because logging, you get an exemption from your hours of service because it's considered agriculture. And he didn't care because I was making him a boatload. Just running. Oh, just running, running, running. Oh, running just, just seven yeah. days a week, ran myself into the ground, and I'm like, all This right. is in Cali? They're still logging? Oh, yeah. In Cali? Well, when there's not a spotted owl in the way. <laughs> or a yellow-legged frog or, uh, yeah. you know, some hippie in a tour bus. Uh, sure. <laughs> so, and I'm thinking I'm going to work this job in the summer, and then I'm going to go to flight school in the winter. Well, I got sidetracked and wound up having an opportunity to buy my own logging truck. So through this guy that, you know, I was working for, essentially he saw my work ethic and he's like, you can do better with yourself. So. Oh, do your, do your own thing. Yeah. So I actually. Pocket all the money. Pocket all the money. And I actually went to him, you know, shout out to Ray. I'll send this to him. You can listen to it. Yeah. Uh, I went to, I actually gave him my two weeks notice because I was going to quit and go somewhere else like work in the winter. And he told me I was a fucking idiot. Oh, straight up. Yeah. He's like, you're an idiot. Um, I have a better plan for you. I got to talk to my wife. It's like a Friday afternoon when I'm picking up, you know, he's like, no, you're not quitting. Hold on a second. Yeah, let's talk. Exactly. Oh, he's I like, need oh, permission. He's, he's like, you don't, you don't want to work for them. He's like, what are you going to go drive long haul? Like, no, that's dumb. He's like, you're such a dumbass. You know, he's you get no your shit together, bro. Exactly. He's like, you're not, you had this concocted plan. I'm going to oh, do I all had, this. Oh yeah. I had this plan. I was going to go haul tractors across the country, you know, and make all this money. And he's like, no, nah, you're, you're an idiot. It was like, I got a better plan for you. I'm like, uh, okay. This is like a Friday afternoon. It was every week on Friday afternoon. We basically bombard this guy's house for payday. So, oh, no yeah, shit. someone would show up with a case of beer and we'd bombard his house and his wife would hand out our paychecks and then our overtime. And it became a joke because she'd give everyone their little overtime envelopes that were, you know, thin. But then I worked 50 hours overtime. A oh, week. so your shit was. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's all just doesn't even fucking overlap. And exactly. Stick. <laughs> it doesn't fit anymore. And she's like, you know, I'm going to have to get bigger bills than 20s. I'm like, yeah, you are. But this ain't an ATM. No. No, exactly. Like, we got shit to pay for. Uh, so he came back to me a couple days later, and he's like, so I'm going to owner finance a truck and lease it to you. So I'm like, what? Because at this point, my credit was still a little wonky. And sure, sure. commercial credit, as you probably know, is different than yep. personal. And trying oh, to, so okay. trying to buy a commercial vehicle, you know, logging trucks at 100 and, what was mine, 160, 170 grand or so. Okay. So he's like, if you could it's figure like a out. a mortgage. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And then you only put it on a five-year note. Oh, fuck. Big yeah. payments. Oh, it's big payments. Oh, so you better be bringing in some fucking revenue. Uh-huh. Because <laughs> expenses are high. And this was, mind you, this was August. 
so we're getting into the tail end of the year and his deal was like you should you got to do this in this fiscal year because it was also helping him out you know with some oh, stuff. oh yeah you know and then he was leasing it back to me and i didn't realize at the time how well he was setting me up doing a lease purchase and i didn't understand the tax rules and mm-hmm. he just set me up for success so I, I i wound up doing that and i got my own truck and i started my business that way mm. um and helicopters kind of fell off my radar for a while because i was so focused on running this truck yeah because of the coin oh yeah i was doing great yeah i mean yeah i had big bills but i had big checks yeah so mm-hmm. you know I and was, you didn't have a life you're just i didn't have a lot money and i just paying worked bills. Yeah, I, yeah i worked and i bought toys and then the toys sat yeah you know i was the guy mm-hmm. i had a you know i got rid of a toyota which was a very sad sad day yeah but, you know I had, a, I had a new dodge pickup i had razor snow machine mm-hmm. you know you name it yeah why and everybody drinks at the bar but you're only there maybe once a month well i never went to the bar because everyone just came to my house and drank my beer oh okay yeah because yeah, i had a big garage <laughs> and a shop and whatnot All right, right? Yeah. um but california got to a point where you couldn't hardly afford to be in business so mm. what was it 20 fall of 18 i guess it was i left um we went to idaho and sold the truck or you bring it took my truck with me okay i went out to idaho found a cool little town um what town grangeville oh where's it at the bottom of the panhandle all right i don't know if you know where like uh lewiston is Mm -hmm. yeah it's like an hour and a half from lewiston all right cool cool little town there was nothing there at that point but uh a sawmill it's perfect for a logger oh yeah it was since blew up but you know i was able to get a cool little house you know on five acres with a little shop on it garage and 800 bucks a month i'm like put all your toys Score. in there you couldn't ride or oh, play yeah. with it and just store them in there nice i sold i i bought that razor brand new from my uncle's shop with three miles on it i sold it two and a half years later two and a half years later with 267 miles oh on. man oh yeah i someone could have so you, so you unloaded it on and off me. the trailer a few times i put a plow on it to plow my driveway so i could call oh, it a tax write-off <laughs> Nice. Oh, yeah. I had so much fun. I had a 72-inch plow. I'm just running up and down my road at Mock Jesus. <laughs> oh, yeah. It was great. Anyway, Hell of a plow truck. Yeah. It was a little cold. Didn't have a cab, but it worked. Okay. Um, anyway, so I hauled logs that summer, and I wound up uh, on a helicopter logging job. Mm. And all the helicopter excitement came back. Oh, yeah. Oh, shit. And I'm like, at that point, I had been kind of dabbling and getting a fixed-wing certificate because I was making it big enough so, you know, I could buy an airplane you know Uh tootle around the idaho backcountry you know experimental old cub or something Mm -hmm. so i've been looking into that and then i was like no i don't want to do that so i did some trucker math which is very similar to boat math and pilot math all right (laughs) and i realized if i sold everything i had i could live in my old trailer and go flight school (laughs) nice they call they call it square one like back to or ground zero yeah like fucking so i came home one day and i threw my truck i'm like i'm gonna throw this thing on craigslist and see what happens i had a fair bit of equity at that point i'd built nice logging gear for it and within two weeks a friend of mine from california had showed up wrote me a check and left and i no longer had a business oh shit because it drove away and then i just started selling basically everything, everything. yeah um the old trailer didn't really work out i want to find a new one but 
Um, and I went to flight school in fall of 19. I started September of 2019. Where did you go? I was down in Mountain Home, Idaho. Okay. Which is down south, just out of Boise. Okay. Um, and then I finished flight school in March of 2020, which is a super cool time for a new career, you know, mid-COVID. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, and I couldn't afford to get an instrument rating, and I couldn't afford to be a CFI. And a CFI is a certified flight instructor. Right. So that's one of the first jobs most people have. So mm. what I, I leaned on my I had a I had a CDL with a hazmat endorsement. So I found an ag operator in North Dakota. Excuse me. That needed that's a uh, he needed a truck driver loader, and he was willing to if I ran his truck. He's like you could ferry the helicopter and build a little little time, but you I can't have you spray it 150 hours. So I'm like all right. So I went out there as COVID hit. We didn't do shit for like six weeks. Uh huh. But he also had these pipeline contracts. And he's like, if I can get you on these pipeline contracts, you could fly them, but we need to get your hours up so I can ensure you to carry people. Yeah. Mm. Well, COVID happened. The oil fields changed their rules because they didn't want people in the helicopters. Uh-huh. He, sent me, he sent me to school for an operator qualification. So I could do the surveys myself. Man, that's awesome. And all of a sudden he was able to insure me with less hours to yeah. just go out in an R forty four and do these surveys. Right. So how many hours do you get doing that? I was there about fourteen months. Uh-huh. Um and I ran the truck a lot that summer, but then that following winter I flew, I think I left there with about seven hundred and fifty hours. Sweet. My buddy's out there now. I it was super cool. I built a good relationship with the guy and now it's like I fed multiple pilots through him. Okay. Nice. Yeah. So, my buddy Justin's out there. Sweet. So, you got to have him on. He's oh, a, yeah? He's a cool Alaskan dude. Oh, yeah, he's Antarctica and Alaska. And oh, no shit. Helicopter pilot, too. And Sweet. Yeah, he lives out in Eagle River. All right. Yeah. Okay. Shout out, Justin. Nice. But, um, so, I left there in the spring of 21 and went out to uh, Washington State, and I got a job as an Again, I was going to be loading, but I had a lot more experience flying, or a little more experience flying, I should say. Um, and the whole goal was getting into spraying with bigger helicopters. So they had Bell, Jet Rangers, and Long Rangers. Oh. So I showed up, and I went and got my certi- uh, my aerial applicator's licenses first. And then he had some turnover, and I was just kind of the guy available with the certificates. And he's like, well, if you could do the job, you could do the job. Nice. It works out again. Perfect timing. So dude. he gave me a little bit of training. and This off. is now 21? 21. Yeah. Yeah. So that was just the summer. Turned out Washington wasn't a place I wanted to live. Got some good experience. Managed to not die spraying, which uh-huh. is a good thing because you're flying, you know, Five ten feet off the ground at oh, sixty mile an hour. Okay. Oh, it's pretty sketchy. Oh, I mean, you get trained for it, but as far as things in aviation, it's yeah, a lot of, of room for error. You're flying under wires. You're turning fifteen <sighs> feet next to wires. You're oh my god. Oh yeah. Really? Oh, yeah. <sighs> Sometimes it's safer that. to go under than over. <sighs> that seems really, really risky. Yeah, I feel like you just <laughs> rather be over everything. Yeah. <laughs> If you get up too high, then you drift on the organics and picks the hippie, hippies off. Oh, I see. So risk you. We'll risk you instead. Okay. Yeah. And, you know, <laughs> if you drift, that's on the pilot, not the company. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Ag's a funky industry. Wow. They put a lot of liability on the pilot. 
No shit. Yeah. And so what were you spraying? Uh, we did some crops, but a lot of orchard work. Mm. Um, apples and cherries. And I learned a lot about the where our food comes from. Yeah. And I definitely mm. want to have a, you know, my own garden and a yeah. self-sustainable. You don't want to eat those ones? Dude, some of the stuff we were spraying on this stuff, when you get a herbicide or a pesticide, whatever it is, and it's got like an upside down dead floating fish yeah. and a poisonous label and like you read the label and you have to wear a respirator while flying in a full bunny suit while you're loading it. Yeah. Fuck that. Yeah. And then you, want, then you eat it. Yeah. And then we spray this stuff called malathion, which will eat pro seal, which is like, I don't know if you've ever used that around aircraft, but um, it's basically impenetrable on a helicopter. It just eats it. Oh, that's fucked. Mm. It's like JB Weld on steroids and it just eats it. It's disgusting. No bueno, man. No so, bueno. And they're spraying that on food. Spraying that on food. You wonder why Americans are all fucked up. Oh, yeah. Yeah. We need to go organic, bro. Organic I mean, is a scam, though, because some of the stuff we sprayed I'm, on that was disgusting. Oh, what were you it's spraying on those? It's just naturally occurring bullshit. Oh. Some of that stuff will discolor aluminum. Yeah, I will need a garden. You know, we're going to need to buy from local greens. That's what we do. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's a big mess in general, dude. Anyway. So, fast forward. So, 21, you're doing ag. Yeah, I'm doing ag. And, and then, then oh, I, Alaska was always the goal since I started flying. That was, why? It's Alaska, man. Like what? What spurred it? Like what did you see? What video did you see? What movie did you watch? Like what? It was actually a couple of people I followed on Instagram that were pilots up here. Okay. You know, um, yeah. do you know? You remember who they were? Oh yeah, I mean, I could. Who Lee, are they? Lee Coates is one of them. Uh huh. Um, former her and husband, her husband, former owners of ES. Uh huh. Um, yeah, they're super cool. She's big on Instagram. Yeah, um, that's one of them, and then just. Some of the companies up here, Alpine, mm-hmm. I had some buddies who worked for Pollux over okay. there, you know, um, and I was just enamored by it. Yeah. I had never been to Alaska when I moved here. I just... Like, no random trip or nope, anything? I just... had never been here. So, I was flying ag in Washington... And then mountain biking is kind of my one big sport. Okay. And I wadded the shit out of myself. Uh-huh. And, oh, no. Oh, yeah. Head I, over? I, oh, I... Like surgeries type shit? No, I got really lucky. I should have probably fuck, been, like, super fucked up. But mm. I completely ran out of talent. I was on a demo bike. I was actually looking at buying this thing. I just wrecked the shit out of it and wadded myself up. So I had a couple of weeks off from work because I was on, like, light duty. But that gave me time to fix, you know, fix up my resume and kind of get ready to start putting out feelers in the fall and this one guy who's the former do of alpine he just retired um he called me up and he was like yeah so i see you're in washington yeah he's like well i'm gonna be in 
Seattle, you know, visiting my dad next week. Do you want to meet up for breakfast? I'm like, yeah, sure. That's not far from me. Breakfast, man. Anchor dude, it, dude. It was like two hours. You where were you at? It was like me. five hours from me. I'm living in Wenatchee. <laughs> oh, fuck. Oh, yeah. Which is yeah. east, right? Oh, it's yeah. way east. Yeah, dude. It's oh, yeah. super far. <laughs> it's like five hours away. Yeah, oh, yeah. Well, let he, me just meet you there for breakfast. He I'll calls be there me on like a Friday afternoon. He's like, yeah, you want to do breakfast tomorrow? I'm like, yeah, that's not too far at all. Yeah. I couldn't afford a hotel. I couldn't do it, nothing. I'm just like I've got this ratty. You old just jumped in your uh, jumped in your truck. Yeah, yeah, ratty old Toyota Tundra. And I get up. I think I got up at like three o'clock in the morning to drive yeah. to Seattle to meet this dude for breakfast to have a chat with him about Alaska. And he told me in the interview, "I don't know who you're going to fly for, but you'll fly for someone." It may or may not be us. He wound up hiring me um, okay. in December, but he's like, the best advice I could get you is get up there. Just get there. Just get there. Go walk in people's hangars. I live here. I want a job. Okay. What can you do in Alaska in the winter? Uh, ski resort. Yeah. Come back to the ski resort, right? Come up yeah. with Alieska. Yeah. Okay. I send Alieska a resume, my aviation resume, with this super bullshit, like, bullet pointed half-assed cover letter about what i've done in aviation or in the ski industry yeah with a note on the bottom that said i swear i've actually done this sorry you got my aviation resume it's all i got <laughs> my buddy <laughs> not my now buddy mike calls me and i didn't realize i was on speakerphone with the former manager of alieska and uh-huh. Because they had a bet going if I was going to take the job or not. Because they're like looking at each other, like we're going to call this dude as a pilot and we're going to offer him twenty bucks an hour yeah. <laughs> to come run a snowcat. <laughs> yeah. So he calls me. I talk to him in like fifteen minutes in the conversation. He's like, "Hey, you want a job? This is what I'll pay." I'm like, "Okay, let me uh, let me think about. It. I'll call you back." I called him like three hours later. Still got that job? Y- you serious? I'm like, "Yeah, I'll come up there. Fuck it." <laughs> Mind you, it's the end of October. Fucking twenty bucks an hour. Twenty bucks an hour. Yeah. So I took all Mind of, you, a one-bedroom apartment's like $900 a month. That's a whole other story. Right. Because I was trying to go to Girdwood. Uh, yeah, that yeah. Oh, that's work. a whole no, other... Yeah. Jesus. You couldn't get into, living. like, the resort housing? No. Well, I was working nights. Oh. Uh, and I was a snobby pilot, and I didn't want to, you know, have a roommate or live in yeah. shared housing or nothing right, like that. Right, right, right. Oh, okay. So I came up here... Snobby pilot and an entitled Toyota owner. Yeah. You know, That's right. it happens. Yeah. And he has eight. <laughs> I say that acronym, but I was That's never I was never actually. All right, all right, all right. Okay. He knows okay. people with eights. I, I know many people. <laughs> Aviation induced uh, divorce syndrome. Is yeah. that what it was? Okay. Okay. That's Not there what yet. That was. No. <laughs> You're going to get me in so much trouble. <laughs> I love that one. That's a good one. Yeah, that when is when really my lady one. listens yeah. to this, she should know that yeah. I got a job with a schedule and that's not going to happen. Anyway. Right. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so I, I wind up up here. Uh, mind you, it's the end of October when I decide to move. I, dr- I wind up driving the Alcan with a U-Haul trailer in mid-November. <laughs> I'm thinking it's going to be this beautiful fucking drive. Yeah, I drove in a blizzard for six days. Yeah, with awful. a trailer. Oh yeah, yeah. Nothing fun and you're about like, it. Fuck! Nothing. I shouldn't have brought the trailer. I regret bringing that shit because now I'm getting ready to go south. I got a target. You have all that shell. shit. No, I don't have any shit left. Oh, okay. Because you mentioned something about I have to go to my storage in Wasilla or something, and I'm like, oh, you have stuff. 
I have I. <laughs> I've got a few things, yeah. <laughs> I gotta get my. T- I I thought maybe you had shit down south still. No. Okay. I don't have anything left down south, and I got pretty got rid of everything up here. But um, since I'm flying down south anyway, I'm bringing two Pelican cases full of okay. stuff that can't go through Canada. Okay. Mm. You know. Gotcha. Yeah. yeah. Makes it got easier. It. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Um. So I wound up driving up here. I had housing lined up with a home rental company that exists in Anchorage that we probably won't slander. That was a horrible mistake because they also owned the apartment I was in in Wenatchee. So they let me out of that lease because I signed one up here. Oh, Oh. and I just went with that lady's like recommendation. Oh, this looks nice. Yeah. I was on like 13th in downtown. I walked in that place. I'm like, I ain't fucking living here. You could keep that $500 deposit. I'm done. No shit. How are you going to live here? uh Uh-uh. So I wound up going, and I was in a hotel for a week trying to find somewhere to live. I wound up over off Muldoon. Mm-hmm. So I'm commuting from Muldoon Sweet. to Girdwood, trying to survive on 20 bucks an hour. Oh, man. Dude. But it's the Alaska. I had to get here. Yeah. yeah I'm, like, do, I'm doing what I had to do The homie said, just get up here. Just no. get up here. Walk, you, in the, walk in those hangers and make it Were you walking in the hangers? Yeah. I had five job offers by December. Oh, but nice. But none of them okay. started until April. Oh, right. Naturally. So I'm trying to survive grooming at Alieska. Awesome crew, ton of fun. Pulling oh, I bet it was awesome. cable, having fun, making zero dollars. Yeah. And my buddy down there, he's like, I got someone you should call. Do you want to run a snowcat on the North Slope? Oh, what the fuck's the North Slope? Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that sounds fun. So I call mm. this dude and he's like, yeah, you want to make some money? I'm like, yeah. So I Cancel went your lease. You'll be here until April. <laughs> yeah, not quite. He's like, we're, we're trying to do, you know, two and two rotations. I'm like, okay. He's like, but if you want to make some money, I could bring you up for six weeks. I'm like, what kind of money are we talking? And he told me. And you're like, okay. I'm like, okay. Yeah, we can make that work. So yeah. three days later, I've stuffed my ratty old Toyota in my garage that I had in Mondo, hoping it doesn't get broken into and stolen. Yeah. And... I'm on a flight to Barrow, having no fucking clue what Barrow is. Or not Barrow, sorry, Dead Horse. Oh, yeah. To go run a snowcat. I get there, and it was like trial by fire. Mm-hmm. And we're building the Seawatt, which is a community winter access trail to Barrow, Wainwright, Atkinsack, Point Lay. And you go, you're in a piston bully that does about six miles an hour, and you're doing two, 300-mile legs. You're hauling your own fuel. You're hauling cargo. You're packing and building this trail. Crawling. Oh, yeah. Crawling. And you go out on trail for like 10 days. And you're, you could only imagine. You're the only one in it. You're the only one in the cat. You run in two cats, Mm -hmm. and you've got these little cabins on the back that Mm -hmm. you're sleeping in. It's So someone else can drive or no? Nope. You stop. You 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 work 18-hour days, and you sleep for six. Okay. And you just. Work. So you run, leave it running, go sleep. Yeah, you don't shut the thing off for no, weeks at yeah, a time. I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah. And you're eating Mountain House or what? Yeah, Mountain House, crapping in five gallon buckets. Yeah. 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 A lot of wag bags. Yeah. Oh, a lot of baby God. wipes. Yeah. Just, Damn. I'll let yeah. you use your imagination. That's all you got to say. <laughs> yeah. Um, you got a dead horse? Exactly. We're dead horse to barrel. How far is that? Uh, I'd have to look a couple hundred miles. And then it's not a straight line. Yeah, it's like a... Mm -hmm. 
and then you'll get out there and a blow will come through and your trail's gone and yep. you're following a gps and it's wild yeah seeing polar bears run by that's cool no shit oh, yeah when, when you get up close to barrel you'll see them okay you know so mm-hmm. wound up doing that but got some cool experience out of yeah. it yeah laid the fiber octave cable from barrow to atkasuk that was okay. a big deal damn yeah, i could say i actually did that project and then they convinced me to go back this year i did a shorter hitch this year but oh really yeah it was still super cool to do and then when i was up there flying in december the money was hard to pass up what is that what it was yeah yeah i mean you're on davis bacon mm-hmm. for 18 hour days seven days a week 18 hours it's got to be an eternity oh, to yeah. work. Listen to podcasts, man. Uh, Alaska Wild Project. Well, yeah, Dude. No, they, they heard that's how I found you guys. <laughs> oh, no shit. Yeah, someone I, I needed. So I made an Instagram post um, before I went up there the first time. I'm like, hey, I need podcast recommendations because I, you know, I didn't listen to too many. And one of them that came through in the little recommendation bubble from uh, who knows who was, yeah, yeah check out this one. Oh, that's cool. Perfect. Okay, guys. Yeah, here we oh, are. Oh, shit. That's awesome. Wow. Yeah, I feel like how does one stay sane when doing such a redundant You don't. <sighs> you start losing it. You start, you know, wearing sunglasses upside down and being weird and trying to make Instagram videos and drooling on yourself and <laughs> listening. You gotta <laughs> listen to the same episode twice because you didn't uh, Oh, you, you missed know, something you in there or whatever. Then, or you yeah. weren't paying attention or yeah. okay. you're like how did, mind I, drifted off how did I get here? Yeah. Yeah. It looks the same as it did, you know, three days ago. Yeah, totally. are, are you done with that? Or like, is there no return back to that? I was going to go back until this job offer I got. And okay. that is kind of life-changing financially. So mm-hmm. I don't, I'm taking my time off. I'm going to, you know, go to the Bahamas with the girlfriend and. Yeah. Yep. Hang out on a beach yeah. or go do whatever I want and probably not go freeze on the North Slope. I did it for two years, so I could say it wasn't a one and done. It was an experience. Sure. I saw some northern lights that oh, yeah. blow, blow your mind, your mind oh, for I sure, bet. man. Yeah, for sure. I think I sent you pictures of those. Yeah, and you and, and you and you you said you saw polar bears run by. Like I mean Yeah. That's cool. No one ever sees any of that. And then I got to go back up there and fly. I did this summer. Oh, lines, you did. Yeah, that's right. Oh, my so, God, that's dude. awesome. Yeah. So this is that thing? Yeah. So that's a it's a piston bully six hundred. Shit, dude. We got cell booster and So you talk about that camper things on the yeah, back? Yeah, the other picture kinda has a better You have a video caption. right there. Uh so it's all part of the same unit. You don't get out for the camper. Or oh you no, do? you have to run on the tracks. Okay, you just and it's heated through the cab, though. Yeah. Oh, well, we got Wobastos in there. Mm, yeah. Oh, okay. So, damn, dude, and then you just crawl over frozen tundra. Yep. Yeah, and you're pulling something heavy. It can be sometimes, okay. you know. This one's dragging something right here. Yeah, that that's the one I was in. That's a fuel tank. When the when a big blow's going on, do you guys hold still or you keep going? A lot of times you have to keep moving because if you stop, you'll actually ice up. Okay. You'll get so stuck. Yeah. No, you've got to try sense. and follow your GPS and you might only be crawling along at, you know, one or two miles an hour. Right. But like, breaking the snow But it can go back over the big berms and all that the the big snow. Yeah. Berms. Sometimes you'll have to unhook your skid and kind of 
plow out your road and build your road. And then come back. Mm-hmm. Oh, no shit. Yeah. You, you, did, when you say skid, that's the trailer? Yeah, or they call them drags up there. Okay. A lot of times. Skid or a drag. Yeah. So you have to disconnect it, physically get out of the machine? Oh, yeah. Are you tied like, off? Do you have to, like, hammer fucking ice and snow off to, like, disconnect? Sometimes. Usually it's so cold um, that a lot of times it just kind of falls off. Mm-hmm. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Dude. And it's just dark the whole fucking time. Uh, so I, the last, I went up this year, I guess, ju- I think I went up the January 30th. So we were getting, like, two hours of daylight. So it's mostly dark. But then it comes back so quick. I mean, they gain 12, 13 minutes a day. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Once it swings. Yeah, once it swings. So. Yeah. And then by the end of it, you're like, well, the sun go down. I can't see shit. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of right. Times you can see better in the dark with the lights. Yeah. Oh, no shit. Yeah. So, Brandon, in these big blows, like, I'm talking like. You can't yeah. you can't see this can oh, in front of you. So I that's where it. I was like, you know, you're going off to untie this thing and then push, you know, like are you tying yourself off to when if you walk 3 feet away, you can't find your shit? No, you're trying not to get out when it's that bad. But or you you don't let go of the machine. Yeah, okay. Oh, you just like hold on to the track yeah. and Yeah, and okay. and then you won't uh, undo the skid. In that kind of blip, try not blow. to unless you absolutely have to. Yeah. Or you'll yeah. make sure the guy's next to you. You'll park next to him so he kind of blocks the wind. Yeah, okay. And then the kind of, the funny thing is you're up there and everyone's like, so you're in Arctic gear the whole time, right? Like, yeah. Except you don't want to get necessarily taken on and off every single time you get out That's of That's right. So you wind up running around in, you know, slippers and pajama pants for seven days. Yeah. And you got a fuel so you stop. You put yeah. all your Arctic gear on. You pump fuel. They got auxiliary tanks on them. So I think that one I was running had a, the main tank was like 90 gallons. And then we carried another 450 gallons that was plumbed in. Mm-hmm. So you could go days. Right. Mm-hmm. Just without having to fuel. And then it was like a big ordeal. Like every three days we're like, oh, we're going to fuel. So you park next to the other guy who's got the tank. And mm-hmm. usually okay. you're carrying like another thousand gallons of fuel with you or something. Okay. Jesus. On the skid? Yeah, on the skid. Yeah. And when we say like snow cats, are these are snow cats? Is a snow cat a snow cat a snow cat? Is there different models for ones that do like mountains? I know out in Willow, there's a snow cat um, that plows the snow machine trails. And yeah, trails like and there's stuff. the lodge out there off the river, and mm-hmm. it's like snow cats for hire. He's got this sign out there. Um, are they all the same? I no, mean, they're not the same. I mean, okay. I think he's got old uh, BR three fifties. I know someone mm-hmm. up here has a beast. Um, which is just a print off. It, again, it's the Ford Dodge argument. Mm, um, these okay. are piston bully 600s that we're using across the tundra, but they also got 400s up there and little 100s that they move people with. Mm. Um, it kind of depends. These are the ones we're using up there. We're designed for a ski resort, but they've since reinforced them. Um, they've taken a lot of the, you know, you don't have a tiller. You're not using those implements. They've taken the lift frames off. Um, they're a lot heavier than what we're running down at Alyeska when you're actually grooming. Oh, um, right. Because you're not, you're not worried about surface prep to the same level. Mm-hmm. Whereas Alyeska, you're trying to prep a surface for skiing. Mm-hmm. This, you're actually building a snow road that right. they people open. can drive on. Yeah, they drive on them. Yeah. Nuts. With vehicles. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So when you, when you run the skid and you have a blow, and then the, the blow blows the snow over, like, 
how do you re-clear the road behind you that you've already cleared? You make another lap. Oh. Like, you just go kind of back and forth. Oh, so you're not just going one direction. Oh, yeah, no, you just you go... You go from Dead Horse to Barrow, uh-huh. and then hopefully, if you're lucky, you have a night in town, at a hotel, get a shower, get a real meal, and turn around get some and supplies then grade it back, come back, and then do it again, and then do it again. Oh, so you're just constantly like cutting the road, cutting yep. the road, cutting the road. Okay, so I, I remember back in my adjusting days, I was an insurance adjuster. I remember I had a claim. On a rig and barrow, and the guy was talking about running the vehicle back on the ice road. Yeah, the sea what? So it's and, not an ice road; it's a snow road. Yeah, and I'm like, "What?" Right. I was trying to wrap my head around what it was, and he's like, "Oh, it's only accessible in the winter time." Yep. And I'm like, "Fuck, dude, that sounds like sketchy. Like it must have markers and and uh, how does just a general like a person jumping in their uh ford explorer run that road so generally what they try and get people to do is run on a convoy okay and then um so so everybody schedules their trip together they they try there's random Uh people that just run it you know and they can just, just do it at will? They, there's no yeah, one stopping them or anything no, like that? Yeah, they're hauling their, like, Did you ever come across up. dumbasses that were doing that, that you had to bail out or get unstuck or anything yeah, like that? Um, you'd be surprised how how uh, prepared most of them can be. You think they're like, man, this one's an idiot. And no, they got max tracks and some, you know, they can be pretty prepared. Okay. There's, uh, so, again, so that I was working for UIC, which is a native corp, and then there's sub- um, they're sub to Eskimos Inc. is the name of the big company up in Barrow. Mm-hmm. Um, so part of running Seawatt, you build the road, and then you're also the recovery crew. So every once in a oh, while, okay. you know, we'd be at mile 190, and we'd get an in-reach. Hey, you got to go back to mile 170 and pull someone out or rescue someone. or So it happens. Okay. But they try and convoy. They try and get people to join convoys. Wow. Because you talk about those big blows. I'm thinking if you're just in a truck and that blow, I could see you cruising along and being okay. But if the blow miles up has created, you know, it creates berms and then you hit the berm, you can't get over the berm. And then you spend all night keeping the air intake clean. Oh, that for the vehicle every 15 minutes get out of your car because that like i've been in storms up there where in one night my truck which i was in got covered above the truck yeah. in one night so when you so, say so, the air cleaner you have to like open the hood and no open. you you like look at you know where where what direction the air intake is inside your engine so like like and what, you, what port in the, the left fender or something right something and like there. what direction is what's important and so like you try to park your truck oh, against I, that I gotcha. and then you spend all night making sure that's clear and has like a wall to breathe and then that your exhaust can it's breathe clear. and so like every whatever 15 or 30 minutes you get out and do that you clear the intake mm-hmm. you clear the exhaust so it's all flowing but yeah. your truck is stuck in in place Oh yeah, yeah. I had a Damn. loader get me out, but yeah. 
Why? I had to stand on top of the loader the next day for them to see where my truck so was. So the, the smart move was to convoy in good weather windows. Yeah. Which I'm sure most people did. I remember or, or they just risked it. There like, was a lot of people who just sent it because if the road's good and you have a good weather window, yeah. you could do it in six hours, six, yeah. eight hours. It's still a long time. Because they could do 50 mile an hour. I'm doing six. I remember a dude taking, it was like an ocean boat across it. Oh, yeah. They towed trailers and they put they, like, gooseneck trailers. I was like, what the, the fuck like is a triple is axle fucking. I wouldn't say that big. I mean, because it's the bearing. It's not like, but yeah, double. But it was transporting a boat. It'd be like taking my boat. On a trailer. Yeah. From Barrow to Dead Horse. Yeah, like a double then, axle. Then you have to trailer it to fairbanks or no no they bring it out to their village because that's like yeah. the time they can get to the village because they don't have a road in the summer so this is their oh, oh, time this is going so barrow has village, a road not away from it most but, people don't leave with their that's why there's so much shit still there so you, this is the time that you can get from the road system to these villages including oh, barrow. okay these are all folks going to yeah no, no one's coming from. But no, they might have flown to Anchorage, bought the stuff in Anchorage or Fairbanks, and drove up back. Okay. Is that about what yeah. you see? Okay. There's some guys that haul freight back and forth. Like, there's this one dude up there. He's got a big old, you know, Ford diesel of some kind and max tracks, and he hauls, a, I think, like a 30-foot gooseneck on skis. Oh, shit. Oh, yeah. The way they adapt to get across there is nuts. But he's charging a massive premium to haul shit. They're making good money. But the risk, man. No, oh, yeah, for sure. But they uh, live in that risk all the time up there, man. They do. It's just they different do. way of life. Yeah. They know how to survive. Man, Forrest, your story is pretty awesome, dude. Yeah, it is cool. Yeah, we kind of did it. Unique. We kind of did it backwards. That's okay. Yeah, yeah no, it, wild. It, it is cool. Yeah, I mean, you you went from what? maybe traditionally just would have been heavy equipment operators. And even today, if you quit flying a helicopter, you could go run a skidster or a piece of equipment and still do really well for yourself. Yeah. Well, I'm constantly getting offers like, to go run a spider. I just, those guys are on the road 300 days a year. Mm. What are you going to be yeah. doing now? So it's power line construction. Oh, that's right. Mm. We're talking that's about right. But yeah. the, the big thing. Um, what state? They're all over. Um, oh, okay. So they got a hangar, I believe, in Mesa. And then they got something going in West Virginia. But they kind of work all over the Midwest, East Coast. So on your 21 and 21, you're going to be just wherever, wherever the demand they is? Me. Yeah. Okay. Cool. And they just fly into where yep. they need you? They don't, they don't care where you live. They don't care where you go home to. So you're oh, still awesome. going to continue to see badass shit. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You said West Virginia to, I mean, everyone Country roads, man. Yeah, yeah you're going to see America yeah. all the way around. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's it's amazing what the career path has translated into for you. Yeah, I never really thought I'd see it going this way. You know, I thought I'd come to Alaska and never leave. I'm still going to be back, you know. Got sure. Got this sweet schedule to come visit and mm -hmm. go on vacation and enjoy the, you know, Good months, yeah. good weather. You yeah. Tell me when the sun's out. Do you yeah. show your lady Alaska yet? No, that's on the list of things to do. Yeah. yeah. Well, maybe you'll be back. 
Yeah. If you don't mind me asking, what's her interest in like career path or what she's trying to get into? Uh, so she's uh, in OTA school, which okay. is um, occupational therapy assistant. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and then she's got a handful of other degrees. Okay. One of them being like kinesiology, which the movement of the body. I yep, body that's right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, she's way smarter than I am. So yeah, perfect. That's way to do it. Usually way better that way. Oh, yeah. 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 You just deal with meat and potatoes and then they figure it all out exactly yeah i'm like i'm just gonna go pick <laughs> things up and put it down yeah i'm gonna fly this piece of equipment yeah i got to a point i kind of quit telling people what i do really yeah it tends there's to there's so many questions and it disrupts a conversation like i try and get to know someone oh and then just you the know full focus and like, it's just oh, like yeah. oh, an helicopter i'm like dude it's just a fucking <laughs> job yeah i try and be humble i mean yeah it can be super cool it could also be super sketchy. You could get stuck for three days trying to get back from Yakutat. Sure, sure. I think that would be my favorite part, getting stuck. But uh, at that lodge, th- then you got to like, hold the helicopter yeah. out of a ma- oh, mechanical. Damn. I guess we're going to fish on this bluebird day. Darn it. <laughs> it wasn't bluebird, though. Right. It just didn't. Well, yeah, if it was yeah, bluebird, yeah. you wouldn't be there. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> and then you and then you got to constantly battle, you know, outside factors. You got... Yeah, the company wants you to be safe, but they also want you to get back so they could send the helicopter yep. out to make money. Sure. You've got your own personal external factors, whether that's wanting to come record a podcast or you got a you got a five AM flight that just deadline after deadline yeah. after deadline. It's Valentine's time, right? Day. Yeah, yes. exactly. I need to get back yeah. for some reason. Birthdays, anniversaries. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Kids stuff. Yeah, right? it just never ends, right? No. Yeah, I, I get it. I, it's easy for us to be just city slicker, nine to fivers. I, I mean, I mean, I, I say, say that. that I, I just mean that in in terms of like a, a a life. Like our my life has structure. Jack's life has yeah. for the for in general has structure. But what you're doing doesn't have any structure. It's just the demand of job, and then your life structures around that. Mm-hmm. Yes, which but, isn't really structure. <laughs> no, well, that's what I'm trying to find. So that's yeah. why I went to this company. They they're 21 and 20, 21, and they try and do their best to stick to it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you're still gonna miss stuff. Oh sure. Every other year, three weeks is three weeks. Know, three man. weeks is three weeks. Yeah. But then when you're home, you can, you know, decompress. You don't have to compartmentalize work anymore. You can actually oh, be home. Sure. You can be present. Yeah. You can get the honeydew list done. Yeah. So that's kind of the idea where just being gone for six months is like. Yeah. Uh, oh, dude, you just zone out on all things life in general, right? Yeah. This happened, that happened, this birthday, this um, thing, this tragedy, this thing. Like, you just, you're not, you're never there for anything. Yeah. No. You know? Like, what, two days ago when I got hung up and wound up at that lodge, you know, I called Michelle and I'm like, yeah, so. I called it, you'll laugh. So usually I, you know, I answer the phone, hey, beautiful, or something like that, right? And I answered, I'm like, hey, what's up? And she's like, what the fuck? Yeah, where's my, I, like, hey, she's honey? She's like, hey, honey, where, where, where's the, the cute shit? Yeah. And I'm like, I'm, I'm like so wound up and stressed out. I'm just calling her to tell her I'm on the ground. I'm alive. Yeah. 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 This is just a courtesy and check, boo. I am so wound that I like totally fucked up. And then I felt like shit for it. And I had to, you know, call her later and be like, hey, it's hey. not when. That's not me. That's not I me. Was just, exactly. I was in the zone, boo. I'm like, yeah, sorry so, about that. And, you know, 
she actually kind of likes the whole business side. She's like, yeah, it's getting shit done. That's great. You know? Yeah. But yeah. being able to come home and like decompartmentalize from that. Sure. Is what I'm trying to figure out. Uh, I wonder, cause I, I struggle with, uh, like taking big extended chunks of time off and then going back mm. into the real world. Mm-hmm. To me, that's a struggle. Like yeah. that first week of like, I'm off for three weeks on a hunt. Yeah. I go back to work. I'm like, dude, I don't want to fucking be here. Yeah. Like I'm, a, I checked out so fucking far that I can't even like, I can't even get caught up on my emails. I can't even get in the flow, but even though you do mm-hmm. that 21 and 21, is it, do you feel like, it won't be that hard. I mean, do you feel like you'll just go back to work and you just rely on your training and the process and the thing that. So I've never really done that much of a rotation. Okay. I mean, I did a little bit of work that was like 14, 14 mm-hmm. and then you get back. Um, and it's like, okay, I got to get back in the grind. And it's it like always, anything else. You just kind of adapt to it. Yeah. But I mean, it's just different. But, I mean, you could compare it. It's no different than, you know, I just got back in my truck today when I picked it up at the airport. I hadn't mm-hmm. drove in a month. It feels freaking weird. Yeah. And then, you know, you're trying to, you know, I flew in at 530 and I'm trying to go to my hotel uptown and oh, man. traffic, traffic shit. Yeah. And you're yeah. like, oh, how do I do this? Yeah. I'm all like, okay, force you at seven. And yeah. And you're like, like, just doing your thing. I'm not thinking about anything you just went through. And, so, you know. uh, but it's the same way when you're flying. Like, you first get back in it and you're like, okay it's always fighting complacency okay i'm gonna right, get, i'm gonna right, get i'm gonna okay. get, i'm gonna do um you should always pay attention on your che- on your pre-flight but it's like okay i'm gonna i'm gonna actually get the checklist and hold it in my hand and i'm gonna get in the helicopter and i'm not gonna you, most pilots use a flow you know and then mm-hmm. double double check it with the the checklist and it's like no okay i haven't been in this thing in three weeks i'm gonna go line by line it's gonna take me five minutes instead of 90 seconds yeah. We're just going to make sure you get it right. Nice. And it's just kind of establishing some sort of a routine. But I haven't I haven't done the 21 and 21, so I don't really know. Yeah. So there is these two studies, because like, um, I'm a long-term shift worker. I worked on the yeah. slope like for 17 years, basically. Um, but there's two studies. Well, the first one was done with the U.S. military, and it was with people coming home. So they're gone for like nine months, mm-hmm. I think was the average. And um, they found that the time is in a direct relation to how long you're going, but it's like a fraction. So it's like, and it's an adaption transition time and it happens on both sides. So if you're gone for like nine months, they needed like these people needed like three weeks before they left and three weeks after they came back to kind of go through and readapt that's yeah. like re like a time that like um your connection to your significant other isn't normal um you like your like self-identity at home isn't right like probably some of this complacency stuff and then on the, the there's an anxiety period that has the same symptoms on the leaving part especially after they already did it. So like people from the slope, if they're working two weeks, they needed like three or four days to adapt on each side. Now that's eight days, 
now you're home from like six days. So it, it was something that was, it was a really cool study that was shared with me because this person that had figured out that had done the study for the U S military had heard about the slope schedule and they were like really interested and they found the same relation. Now it, it has to do with how long you're gone. So, you know, the date, the time, this transition was different in terms of timing, but the symptoms were the same, if that makes sense. Yeah. So like having sense. those conversations, like, Hey, like we might be rocky when I get home and we might be a little rocky when we're leaving, but being able to know why was really healthy for like my relationships and stuff. We had that exact conversation because I mean, I started looking for work with a real schedule once we decided you're doing that, this that we're doing this we're, yeah we're giving us a real shot right yeah. so we we talked about it. i was sending resumes out everywhere and i had you know a handful of offers because there's a huge pilot shortage and we we had multiple conversations for hours on end okay 14 and 14 that's going to turn into 12 and 16 real quick with your travel days and then just that you got an adjustment period coming back an yeah. adjustment period when you leave all right that's a little short I had a job offer that was 28 and 28. You're like, holy fuck, that's a month at a time. Yeah. So then we kind of came up with this, well, what about something in between? Yeah. And then there's other companies. They, some places do a week on, week off. Yeah. Okay, that's a lot of fucking travel for oh, me. Tons. Right? You're in an yeah, airport that, I've heard that week. that's actually worse than the two and two. Yeah. So we're like, well, what if we found something with 21 and 21? Because, yeah, that extra week when you're gone is going to kind of suck. But then when you're back, you're through that transmission. I I didn't know there was a study. Yeah. Might have to check that out. But. Yeah. yeah. I'll, I'll find it and send yeah. it to you. Yeah, it might help you just the, 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 the thought process. and. I think also like communicating that with the people, you know, yeah. with your whoever, your, you know, your significant Children other, significant other yeah. your family, people that care about you. Because then everyone's on board and they're like, oh, this is that, you know. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then technology helps immensely you know kind of sometimes you go to these villages or yakutat or mm -hmm. you know it's like going back in time all of a sudden you, you know you got an in reach yeah for a text message or mm -hmm. if you're lucky if you get a phone to go through mm -hmm. or maybe you're somewhere with a starlink and right you know 10 minutes on a facetime is better than two hours on a phone call oh for sure oh, yeah absolutely Some, something as simple as seeing that. someone's seeing eyes so, yeah. And, yeah. and expression yeah. and getting a sense for where they're at mentally you can see it in their face yeah if you're, if you're close to somebody right yeah man that's crazy yeah because i my cousin does i think week and weeks and he has no adjustment time he's mm -hmm. just on the run yeah and he comes to town to see his daughter and then he goes back to work and he's just got like these three or four day window and it's like he's always planning, 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 planning. It, there's nothing settling down. There's yeah, there might be a day or two to do some things or mow the lawn or fix the fence or like some shit. But I think that's where like the two and two gives you like two or three days to adapt, reacclimate, catch up on sleep, take the kids to school, get in the groove, and then do some honey do stuff and then. Oh shit! Uh, about three days, I'm going back to work. I got to start like wrapping my head around my responsibilities, and then it's a two way street too. It's not just on you, the person working the shift and yeah. the traveling. It's the family. That's right. And the children and the significant. They're other. doing half of it. 
yeah, you got to give respect to both sides because it right. impacts everybody. Yeah. Right? Or you can just be a single, hollow, you know. I know guys that do that, and I, I refuse. Like, you know, that's the it. thing. I mean, I'm not judging anybody. What I am saying is that it would be really, really hard to come home to a cold bed every mm-hmm. day and night. And some for some people it works because they're like, hey, I just want it to be my way. Yeah. And that works for you. But, you know, coming home to, to love and warmth and mm-hmm. hot plate or anything like that is, mm-hmm. I feel like, is like, it's what you need as a human. Yeah. yeah. To connect, yeah. you know, whether it's friends or whatever, you know, it's... Kudos to you guys that work those shifts, I have to say, because I've never done it. I've been a lifelong Alaskan, right? Mm-hmm. And you're like, oh, man, I, I uh, boy, I got some, some debt stacking up. I need to pay some bills. I'm going to get a slope job. Yeah. I'm going to go work some shifts and make mm-hmm. some money. Go earn it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then you're like, oh, this sucks. How many guys you hear like, fuck that, man. Yeah. I'd rather just have a day job. And you're like, that whole sloper fucking shift thing is not all it's cracked up to be. It takes a certain person. To well, be that's why they, for it. they limit how long you can be up there. The big companies will put a limit on your head. Mm-hmm. Is it like a month? I think it's, it's less than that now. Yeah, yeah, three weeks or whatever. Yeah. I know that yeah. I couldn't work more than three when I was there. Yeah, it was, you know, it's it's bad on the family, and it's you feel like you're missing out on life when you're there. Oh, I bet. But the work is cool, you know, because you're there oh, yeah. to work. So it's like a total different work mentality sure. that any than anywhere else you ever be because, like, where else you at i mean if you're on a fishing boat would be about the same so it's like mm-hmm. you're there to get shit done so everyone gets shit done yeah everybody's on board with that mentality. you know there's no one's like oh man i need to like go to the dance appointment or whatever yeah. You know? oh yeah, yeah none yeah, of this yeah, shit you know or like oh we're going home soon so let's I'm not, not really finish this it. you know yeah. it's like no we're finishing it and we're moving on to the yeah. next thing so yeah. we can do something else tomorrow morning sure. or whatever yeah uh, so it's a different mentality yeah, yeah. so the things that you think would suck <clears throat> about it are maybe a little different other than like being gone from your family, you know? Yeah. And then it like, I mean, for like weddings or whatever, like you kind of just get used to like missing stuff. And then mm-hmm. you're like, well, I'll just miss them all then, you know? Yeah. <laughs> just never <laughs> when I'm home, when I'm at home, <laughs> my buddies think I'm fishing, but, or I'm, I'm on the, at work, but I'm really fishing because I yeah, never get right, a fish. Right. Yeah. And then what I find is like a lot of people will, and it's not all of them, but it's like the ones that you can tell are like, they're not going to be there for the long haul. They're like living for like what they're going to do next and not presently, if that makes sense. But the people that love working there are living presently. It's like a big by the whole, like I'm just going to go work the fucking slope for two years and yeah, buy a house. Yeah. Then I'm going to come home and, you know, have a job for 60,000 a year. Yeah. But I got the shit because I worked hard. Yeah. Yeah. You know, yep, totally. But it is a cool, unique opportunity that maybe there's not a lot of those, in the states, unless you're a helicopter pilot, dude, I'm pretty <laughs> sure that the that some of the employees on the slope are the highest paid non college degree people in the world. I, I Probably, total believe it. You know, yeah. I mean, it's fucking good. I don't know. I'm half the slope doesn't work in a lot. Live in Alaska more than that. So they, yeah, you know, they live in they, Louisiana they all, and all Texas and all these yeah. other places. So yeah, yeah, they come here to do that. So Forrest, I mean, are you gonna are we gonna see you again? Oh yeah. Okay. Vacation. Yeah. No. All right. We'll have to come, right. you know, rent an overlander. Yeah. All right. <laughs> well, what are you going to do? So you're going to drive the Toyota down or overlander it out? 
Oh yeah. Do your thing down there. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. It, it got out of proportion, used it. You know, I didn't pay rent. I lived out of it this summer. Well, you bought, you bought full into the Alaskan lifestyle and what you were going to do, right? Oh yeah. Originally. Not that you haven't, you still want to do that. I just, I mean, as far as like when I met you, your whole plan was totally different. It was, yeah. You know, I was, that's okay, man. Uh, yeah, I was yeah. still kind of thinking about doing the whole, you know, snowbird thing and mm-hmm. then just yeah. doing the summers up here. But after a full summer of, I mean, I love flying up here. You know, my coworkers are amazing. You know, yeah. the company's yeah. great. But just the the aviation industry in Alaska is just a little behind, like some other oh, industries pro- okay. probably. Yeah. So these companies in lower 48, they're starting to get closer to airline pay they're starting to get mm. schedules. I I mean, I'm not going to toot my own horn, but, you know, going to lower 48 is a 100% pay increase. It's not. Yeah. Oh, no it's shit. Not, it's not 10 or 20 or 30%. It's because like the demand for you is so double. high. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, I got super lucky and with where I'm going and everything else. But You say lucky, but you earned it through what yeah. you've done, man. Yeah, that's I mean, right. you know, you got humble. stuck in a beach and... <laughs> wherever with some weird mechanical i got some fucking moisture in the fuel thing is sketchy oh well i think it was electrical but yeah no. but you know what i mean and then now you got your home run gig yep and a lady yeah warm weather warm weather you can wear your hoodie i'm not hating yeah. bro i'm not hating you can wear the no road to ambler and you'll be yep, fine that's right yeah yeah you know i'll see someone because alaskans go everywhere what i no, definitely right. need you to do is wear an alaska wild project oh there you go gonna put on you before you leave here perfect yeah. So, make sure you got that I'll right. Do that. I'll come back and visit. Well, we've run pretty long here. Yeah, man. Tonight. Yeah. I just looked at the phone, and it's it's getting late. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, wrap it up, Forrest. Thank you for coming in. Thanks for making it. Thanks for staying in touch with me yeah. this whole summer. Because we talked, and you know how it is. You meet somebody, you get excited. You're like, oh man, cool story, cool thing. And a lot of times, you don't know for sure if it's going to pan out because you just don't know what the future holds well every time i talked to you it was like oh yeah i could come in now but hold on i'm gonna have better stories in a week hold on i have better story give, give me two weeks give me a month like, okay, no, okay, I, lo- I love okay. doing this shit i've done three yeah. other podcasts not to this caliber but nice yeah no you did great and your story's awesome um i i just you're another example of america like what a person can i want to do this i want to do that and if you take the steps and you want it bad enough and you work hard enough the connections are made luck skill sweat equity things come together for you and you you've proven that and shown that and you're more than welcome to come back here anytime as far as i'm concerned anybody that embraces alaska that calls this place home you're an Alaskan, baby. Yep. So right. you're nice. forever an Alaskan. Forest. Yeah, I made it. Yep. Yeah. I made it. And you've seen right. more Alaska than probably us. Exactly. So. I've probably yeah. seen more you've Alaska seen than most Alaskans. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Based on that crazy-ass... Yeah, should we show fucking, that real quick yeah, before we Yeah, let me leave? show that fucking thing, yeah. dude. That thing is crazy, dude. Oh, did I did I, uh, did oh, I airdrop it to myself? I hope you did. So he's going to show... what Was that from your in-reach? Yeah, so this was my. This was from May first because I didn't have it activated. Yeah, oh, there it is, right at the yeah. top. Yeah, this is just the last hundred days, basically, <laughs> of in reach, yeah, and it's 
Everything oh from God, what's that? Yakutat, so the farther Yakutat south, to to over to Vero. across Cook yep. Inlet, out to that's, like that's Kavik. This must be like Ambler, Ambler. Yeah, that's yep. the Ambler. That's Ambler. Yeah. Then up in the right hand corner, that's the Saddle Richard Mountains, which most people don't even know exist in Alaska. Is this Toke right here? Uh, that's actually or north of Toke and Chicken up by Chicken, chicken. Oh, yeah. chicken. Taylor chicken. Mountain. Yeah. Yeah. This is probably Toke. That's Toke. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Man, Man, that's so cool, dude. And you did this in 100 days? 100 days. So you've certainly seen so more cool. of Alaska than most Alaska. And that doesn't right. count the times. I I mean, oh, that's I didn't crazy. have it on when I was in Homer or across oh, yeah. the bay. Yeah. Oh, I mean, that's it wouldn't yeah. even show up right here, dude. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck, man. That is so cool. Well, thanks again, Forrest. Yeah, thanks for having you me. You have a great story, man. Appreciate yeah, it. man. The story of perseverance. Thanks for coming in, thanks. dude. And yeah. it's, uh, good luck to you in the future. And, you know, just like everything else has changed uh, and you don't kind of know exactly where it goes, I hope it's in a super awesome direction that yeah. you love, man. Yeah. I'll stay in and touch. And good luck to you and your lady and yeah. a new relationship, a new chapter in life and uh, connection and... I think everything's going to work out for you, man. It yeah. seems to be going in the right direction. Thanks. So, yeah. Good All luck. right, guys. Well, uh, check out our Patreon. That's and right. as always, Alaska, stay wild. There you go. You right. There it is. Am I speaking to you of what I call your overcautiousness? Are you not overcautious when you assume that you cannot do what the enemy is constantly doing? The Alaska Wild Project podcast is brought to you by the following sponsors. Barney Sports Chalet, supplying hunters with the best hand-selected gear since 1963. The exclusive home of Frontier Gear, built for the rugged Alaskan terrain. Your one-stop shop for all your outdoor needs. Visit Barney's today at 906 West Northern Lights. Big Rays, the Alaskan outfitter, committed to outfitting Alaskans across the state since 1947. Whether you're a recreator, parent, guide, or corporate buyer, Big Rays has the gear you need, tailored for Alaska's harsh conditions. Check out their new exclusive line of aerobic waders. Big Rays for all your outdoor gear and rugged work attire. BigRays.com. Tailored Restoration 24-Hour Emergency Home Services. Helping Alaskans restore their dreams since 1972. Services include fire, water, mold, post-emergency cleaning, repair, and remodeling. Give them a call in Anchorage, Eagle River, Matsu, or Fairbanks. Hit them up at tailoredrestorationalaska.com. Total Truck and Alaska Overlander, Alaska's premier supplier for custom automotive accessories and overlanding products. Providing all-inclusive rental vehicles and trailers, custom outfitted to explore the Alaskan backcountry with a unique and convenient traveling experience. The TreehouseAK.com, located at 341 Boniface Parkway, Alaska's own and grown cannabis and CBD store. Ask the bud tender what the strain of the day is to get your 10% off. The Treehouse, where the culture lives. AKO Farms, located in Sitka, Alaska, built from the ground up with concentrates as their single motivation, with exclusive products such as their sugar wax, full spectrum diamond sauce cards, and more. Ask your local bud tender about AKO. Marijuana has intoxicating effects and may be habit-forming and addictive. Marijuana impairs concentration, coordination, and judgment. Do not operate a vehicle or machinery under the influence. There are health risks associated with consumption of marijuana. For the use of only by adults 21 and older. Keep out of the reach of children, and marijuana should not be used by women who are pregnant or breastfeeding. The Bait Shack, located on Ship Creek upstream of the bridge. Can't miss the bright red shack. 
They're the go-to fishing gear rental and guide service on Ship Creek. Tight lines and fish on. Come hook into the action with them. Hit them up at thebaitshackak.com. Lawn Pro AK, Alaska's year-round professional property maintenance team. Services include weekly lawn care, custom landscaping, fertilizing, weed control, turf repair, and more. Schedule your free estimate at lawnproak.com. Alaska's OG cider company, Double Shovel, crafting gluten-free colonial-style ciders, founded as a healthier non-inflammatory brew option. Drop by their pop and tap room in Anchorage off of 58th and Arctic or visit the second location in Kodiak. Double Shovel, award-winning ciders. The Alaska chapter of Backcountry Hunters and Anglers. BHA is the voice of our Alaskan public lands, waters, and wildlife. Their goal is to uphold our hunting and fishing legacy while keeping our public lands wild. Stand up today and join BHA at backcountryhunters.org. Should you not claim to be at least his equal in prowess and act upon the claim? I say try. If we never try, we shall never succeed. This proposition is a simple truth, and it's too important to be lost sight of for a moment. If we cannot beat the enemy where he now is, we never can. It is all easy if our troops march as well as the enemy, and it is unmanly to say they cannot do it.